sun is coming up slowly I didn't read any of your stuff, sign on mine God knows I'm not holy And decisions we make and how we spend our time But I got faster and faster And you got harder to please and you got harder to find And our prayers were answered And we wrote these songs and we lost our minds And all our most brilliant friends are doubting Uh, hello feels a little formal. This is Friend Diagram, a show about differences. I'm Ian, and here with me every fake week is a man who has more iced tea than cider right now, Rob. It's a sad life I live right now, but I only have a little bit of cider. Was all of this iced tea here last time? You've got like 24 iced teas. So my dad buys like that same iced tea, but in diet uh, by basically the pallet load. He'll go and like buy out giant and then get all the rain checks on it and he bought that for me because i said that i like the unsweetened instead of the diet so thanks is this, dad is this one of those um like weight watchers uh airline miles kind of situations or does he just drink that much iced tea well he does just drink that much iced tea um but also he uses it for the gas points at giant hmm i i Something tells me that math doesn't really work out, but I'm glad he likes his iced tea. Yeah, no, the gas points are a nice, nice added math. So, uh, also here, in a new record of two weeks in a row, we have a guest. We have Arvind. Yay! Our special, special friend, friend Arvind. That that may that wait, wait, wait that's that's a that's a, that's a weird st- special friend Arvind sounds. Uh, uh, did you have me as normal friend? Oh. That's, uh, normally normal I'm introduced as the normal friend. Yeah. Well, we'll just cut it back together. Normal friend Rob. Wow, that editing was seamless. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> normal friend Rob. <laughs> uh, okay, so cool. Uh, I could start all sorts of places on this list. Pick a place. Uh, all right, step zero. Um, so step, I, whoa, whoa. I have a step zero. Okay. Arvind, do you play in Black Hole Sun? Uh, that's always a good place to start. Now, what do you mean? Uh, yeah. As in, like, in Rock Band, do I play? Uh, I don't really know what I mean, unfortunately. I was hoping you could help. It's, it's, it's I mean, not I'm not list. in Soundgarden, so I suppose I don't play in it professionally, but I, I, I did enjoy playing Black Hole Sun while playing Rock Band. There I'm we glad, go. That's I'm been the best skipped, answer. I'm glad you skipped the part of the episode where we have to look up who made the song Black Hole Sun again. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's on the list. Still don't know what that one means. Nobody's seemed to have added it. No one really knows where it came from. Google. Google. So somebody at Alphabet chose to to add that. I um, was thinking today, um, like, you know, any sort of Google document is just some random string of characters after a slash. And I was wondering... Will Google stop you from just repeatedly trying to put in different random strings in an attempt to see things that people have left anyone with the link can edit? Uh, I can tell you it doesn't stop you from doing that because I, I have tried that and I have found you don't have access to this document, which meant I found something okay. where the person hadn't indicated anyone with the link can, uh, can access it. Incidentally, which is a very, I think, probably very unlikely to occur. Uh, but I just wanted to see if I could do it. 
I mean, if you can't, a computer can. Hmm? If you can't, a computer can. Right. They're way better at that. And most, well, you know, simple things like that. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, first, oh, wait, wait. Before that, step zero. I got real excited about a topic and I totally lost it. Step zero. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> there's there's this bit on The Simpsons where Homer will repeatedly have terrible fake names. Uh, the two ones that I think are the the two that stick out in my head is I think he's pretending to be a Frenchman, and his name is Guy Incognito, and maybe it's the Simpsons movie. His fake name is Elias Fakaname, which <laughs> <laughs> written out is alias fake name. Uh, wonderful, wonderful joke. Uh, and it uh, something uh, weird that's occurred to me as we've gone through this show is that I will like very readily drop other people's last names, like Chris Rattray, but uh, I don't say my own. And I was avoiding it for a while because I was like, oh, I don't want like my name linked to random bits of information on the internet about me. But I also don't think it would be very hard to work out. And it's it feels kind of awkward sometimes avoiding last names. I get that. First, like I don't have any with my name being out there. Feels weird having other people on without like an explicit discussion with them. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying not people like Arvind who are on the show, but just other people in the universe. Well, I mean, you're talking about Chris Rattray. <laughs> Chris Steven Rattray. I don't know. Um, yeah, but I mean also, like, people that are on as, like, not just the two of us, normally. Yeah, I guess that one's a lot easier, though. Well, it's much easier just to be like, hey, person C who is here, are you okay with us using your name? Or do we have to make up something? This is a great time for you to make up a name if you want to be someone new. Armando Rodriguez. Oh, I mean, that matches the voice. Yeah. Uh, I I have on a number of occasions uh, decided to give myself a fake name temporarily, but I still always go with the uh, the initials A R because that's just more fun for me. Uh, like one time I was like, oh well, a person can see me, so I wanted to pick like an Indian fake name, and the uh, the name I went was like Arjun. For the home listener, Arvin is Indian. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yes. For the home listener, I'm Indian. Uh, my last name is Radhakrishnan, which is thirteen letters long. The uh, the fake name I gave myself was. Uh, Sitha Raman, which has got a connection to it. And I was like, oh, that doesn't feel right, uh, like, in my head. And then I was like, oh, what, what can I come up with, an, with, a, with a, like a fake name that starts with an R? So I just went, like, Rajendran, which is a somewhat common last name. And then I was like, oh, I went with, like, A-R again. Great. <laughs> <laughs> were, were both of those, I'm sorry, are both of those common-ish names? Okay, uh, so uh, Radha and Krishna are both, they're like a couple okay. um, in, like, Indian mythology. And see, uh, so Krishna is an incarnation of one of the gods. One of his previous incarnations was named Rama, and his wife was Sita. So following like the same like formatting of Radha Krishnan, Sita Raman is essentially the same thing. Oh, which is, like, stepped back. You gave your you gave yourself like a homestuck name. Uh, yes, <laughs> I did. Uh, I'm 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 pretty good at like doing the the thing. It's like connected things to other things is something I enjoy doing makes me feel like a spy but with self-authorizing codes <laughs> so so they're a couple what do they do as a couple i mean they're just like 
do things. I mean, I could I could explain like they have like associated stories that are very important. Yeah, yeah that's basically what I'm looking for. Is yeah. after seven years, could you give me one story about your last name? Oh, okay. So, uh, uh, like there, there's not like a specific really important like Rava doesn't have a really important part with Krishna, most of Krishna's story. Um, so uh, I think I've I've mentioned like Bhagavad Gita is like a important Indian uh, like a Hindu holy text. Uh, the like it. The setting for it is in the middle of a battle uh, called the Mahabharata, which was a battle between like two families. Um, one which was the Pandavas, which were like the good side. The other was like the uh, the Karavas, who were like the evil side. Um, you're you're putting and, some air quotes there. Is that because that is an oversimplification? Yes, yeah, because it's an oversimplification. Uh, like not everyone on the side of the Karavas is because they're evil. Sometimes it's because of a an obligation because the Karavas are the one that are technically in the that they're in the the ruling. They're ruling is not the right word. Uh, they're in power within the the state, but uh, not necessarily in a rightful fashion. Uh, the the Pandavas rightfully probably should have been uh ruling but there's some some stuff that goes down political things are there uh but anyway the uh, so like krishna has to talk to arjun uh and tell him like no you it's okay for you to go out there and fight these people that you know is your family uh because they're already dead like that's they're they're fated to die and then it's like there's a whole bunch of other important parts in that but like that's a thing uh krishna also has like other bits in his story um like as a child he he's like mischievous and he does uh weird things like one time he like he's like eating dirt and his mom tells him not to in a very reasonable sense because children shouldn't be eating dirt um and she's like to take a stand on this issue arvin is <laughs> that a medical opinion <laughs> um well actually in a, in a medical opinion sense it's not bad for children to eat some dirt uh the hygiene hypothesis states that uh, not being exposed to external pathogens actually might cause a person to become weaker in later life because their immune system didn't have to fight. Uh, so, but but anyway, uh, I'm like gonna his... I'm gonna interrupt you for one second just to say, do not eat dirt based on Arvin's advice. Yeah, so don't or... just don't just randomly stick dirt in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> but we but can you... we can. I'm gonna put um, sticking dirt in your mouth on the list for the day. Yeah, <laughs> sticking dirt in your mouth. Uh, it's more so it's more so about excessive cleanliness isn't uh necessarily a good thing but anyway like uh his mom goes like take it out of his mouth and she looks and it just sees like the universe which is given incarnation of god that makes some sense but it's also i never got a good explanation for why that was an important thing to like depict as part of his story like i guess for his mom to know uh and he there's, there's like common threads between multiple mythologies where there's like kid that gets sent away uh when Krishna's born, his uncle, there was a prophecy that his uncle's going to be murdered by his nephew. So uncle imprisons his sister. Sister, like when his sister gets pregnant, sister has the baby and she's like, oh, well, obviously we don't want this kid getting murdered. So she like, uh, she like prays, doors open, all the guards are asleep, puts him in a basket and just like sends him away. He, um, no, not in a basket. She actually physically runs, gives her to a friend. And friend raises child as, as her own, uh, which is similar to the Moses story. And I imagine there's probably dozens of other mythologies that have similar story. There, there were only about three objects in those days. <laughs> so it was either, yeah. it was basically stories about baskets or cutting babies in two. 
Well, there's, there's, it's not just like the basket thing. It's like, oh no, my relative is going to murder this child. Let me go give this to somebody else. Uh, and that other person then like raises this person as their own. Um, but anyway, so grows up, he's got things going on. Uh, there's, there's like stories I can say about Krishna, but, uh, anyway. Oh, but fun fact also, my name Arvind is part of like a longer thing that's one of his names, like Lotus Footed One. Arvind just means Lotus. Um, really? Yes. Oh, look cool. at all this. Yeah. Uh, all, it yeah. all it took was me wanting to banter on about fake names. For yes, you. <laughs> fake names. Well, I mean... For you to actually tell me about your real name. <laughs> well, if you ask, things happen. I just don't ever have a reason to mention it. But I never thought to ask. Right, I know. There's, there's, I never thought to just randomly babble about this bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got, he's got a lot of parts to his story. Uh most of them are about how he's mischievous and he loves butter and milk. Like he was, he was raised on a farm. It's not just like he would randomly go out and it's like, just like random kid, like in a city, just really loved milk and butter. It would be a little odder than kid growing up on a farm. That's kind of my story. What kid that really loves milk and butter that grew up in a city. I mean, if you start growing up at like age 18, then yeah. 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 Like these got, one of the stories is when he he's a kid he just like wanders off and he just sees there's like a cow so he just starts drinking milk directly from the teat oh. and then he like busts open a pot and just is eating butter and <laughs> have you guys have you guys ever had like a two-part question have you ever had raw milk and then have you ever had like fresh cow milk or fresh animal milk no. as in hot no and no uh, raw milk, yes. Fresh milk, no. I haven't had either. They both seem kind of disgusting. There was a, they there are kind of gross. There was a brief period where I was like, oh, raw milk, like, let's get into this. And I was like, there's, there's reasons we have pasteurization. Yes, very, very, very important reasons. Yeah. So actually, as I was going on about that bit related to my fake name, I realized that it's, it's odd that person that I'm named after is not the one I know the stories most in depth with. Like, I know bits of like Rama's story more like the Ramayan is story of like his wife gets kidnapped and then his journey to get her back it's one of the one of the six classic stories yes man there was there was oh so how did you learn all this like uh, for like I went to Sunday school for a while so so some of it is from uh my grandmother uh well, both my grandmothers, my grandfather telling me some of them. Uh, some of them are from, like, there's, like, a little, like, Indian comic books that depict some of these things. And there was also sort of a, I think we went on Saturdays, but there's, there's, it was effectively, like, a Sunday school thing. Okay. Um, with, like, uh, like, a cool guitar-playing uh, priest teacher. He was pretty cool. Is priest the right word, or is priest an analog that you're using? Uh, I mean, priest isn't—he wasn't. Well, it's actually the wrong word because he wasn't a priest. He was just a a guy that, uh, like enjoyed teaching the youth. Uh, but it's like I don't actually know exactly what he was. Now thinking back on it, I guess he was just like a guy. All right. That was just like teaching students about, uh, like mythology and morals. But, but <laughs> he was Alex. <laughs> what? Uh, Alex Nanakitsky. <laughs> but he does that? No, no. Just that seems that seems up his alley. Okay. Alex yeah. may have like joined 
the Marines or something in okay. the last what? 48 hours. What? He's suddenly, he's suddenly <laughs> what? in Salt Lake City and is sending Snapchats from like a Marine base. And I'm like, what is Maybe happening he's a now? a spy. No. Oh. <laughs> we can't dream. Uh, that would be very confusing to me. Yeah, a, a lot of things are confusing. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. But I guess priest isn't the wrong word to denote a, uh, like, a Hindu proprietor is the wrong thing. Like the the person like I doing think proprietor the... is maybe farther than priest. <laughs> well, no, I was trying to think of like, uh, like the person doing things, and a word that starts with P. But proprietor is the first one that came to mind. President. I don't know. Provider. Provider was the word I was thinking of. Provider of like religious services. Oh, okay. Uh, there we go. Uh, I, I don't think priest is an incorrect word to use, but uh, you know, generally I, I don't use the English words to describe things in my own head for uh, things that aren't originally in English. I feel like this is one of those unanswerable things because it's it seems like it'd be different for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but both of you guys know more than one language, and I know like. Enough. Well, Rob, you know more of a language than I do. Okay. <laughs> Rob's giving a little hand wave there. Um, <laughs> but I know just enough Spanish that I used to, like, talk to my dog a little bit and to sometimes add O onto the end of words. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's the extent of all of it for me. Uh, so, like, when you, when you are thinking... I, I never got to a point where I was ever thinking in anything but English. I would think of a word and then I would translate over. But do you do you primarily think in English or? Uh, I'd say I do primarily think in English. Uh, but it depends on what I'm thinking about. Okay. Uh, like uh, okay. Like uh, like honestly, if I'm if I'm thinking about like mathematics, often it's not even like a simple language thing, right? I'm just thinking about numbers, which I suppose could constitute its own language separate from English or other things. Uh, but if I'm, if I'm just thinking about literature or, like, normal day-to-day -day things, it's mostly in English. Uh, but if I'm trying to speak, uh, to somebody in my family and I'm trying to not be talking in English, uh, then I'm not thinking English. I'm trying to, uh, remember how to speak in Hindi or in Tamil or, uh, if I'm trying to speak in Spanish, I do definitely do English translating it into the things I'm trying to do. I can do, like, um, if I get on a roll, I can comprehend language coming in as, like, like I just know what it is without translating through English, but I don't think I'm at a point yet where I can speak without translating through English. Yeah, I have, I have the, uh, the understanding without translating it back for, for Tamil and Hindi, but that's because I, I learned that at a younger age and it was internalized. Uh, I, I, I guess I learned Spanish at about the same age I was starting to learn Hindi. But I guess I just didn't care about it as much, so I didn't internalize it the same way. If you didn't really have anyone to use it with on a, like a regular basis. Well, I mean, I still was... I, I didn't, like, really use Hindi on anybody. I just sort of internalized it. I guess because it was a somewhat important thing. Uh, partially because my mom would sometimes be talking in it, and I wanted to know what she was saying. Like yeah. eavesdropping? Yes, eavesdropping. Not like when she was talking to me, when she was talking to somebody else. Uh, when talking to me, she usually uses... Uh, Tamil or Hindi, or uh, Tamil or English. I wonder in a... Um, well, not even Tamil, technically. It's a combination of Tamil and Malayalam, which are two different languages. I wonder if there's an equivalent. So, like, in a television show, if you wanted to talk about a D-O-G, 
without the kids finding out, you would kind of spell it out like that. Right. I wonder if there's any sort of analog for like a a symbol-based language a la Mandarin. Well, so given that Mandarin, each individual symbol oh, is guess... trying to indicate a word. It's yeah. Not, it's not phonetic. So I guess maybe you would use, uh, but also, so like, uh, I think Mandarin and Cantonese are both uh, tonal languages. Right. Uh, tonal non-inflective. I think those are actually, in, those might not be necessarily the same. Uh, but in any event, uh, I guess maybe you could use a different tone, so indicating a different word inherently, but the other person might understand what you were getting at, and the child might not. Mm, that still seems kind of reachy. I don't know. That's a that's a good question. I'll, fi- I'll figure that out someday. All we need to put onto the list, get uh, someone that speaks Mandarin and or Cantonese on. Yeah. I mean, I know that sometimes when my mom was trying to make it so she could talk to my dad about something and my, my brother and I wouldn't be listening, they would be speaking in combination of, like, Thamalayalam and Hindi because they... I don't know where they got this idea that we both stopped understanding. We just both stopped talking. Uh, I think both of us still completely understand Thamal. Uh, but they seem to think that, like... Because often I just don't hear people properly, so I'll go... I'll, I'll ask what... Because I didn't hear them. <laughs> and then my mom thinks I didn't understand, so she just says it in English. Uh, which is, is just, you know, yes, you did repeat the same thing, so it was helpful. But... Yeah, it's a translation practice. <laughs> but I didn't hear it the first time, so I don't know what the question <laughs> was initially. Uh, and so I, I actually mentioned this once uh, like to somebody in my family, and they said, oh, you should just, you should just uh, say Yenada, which is just what in Hindi? And I was like, I guess I could, but what if it's, like, I'm, I just might accidentally start doing that outside in the real world and then people can get really confused and look at me weird and i was like well i'll just keep up with the what thing and my mom is still gonna think i don't understand uh rob have you ever had like uh not like a catchphrase but like words that you used uh just just like in a way that you actually had to explain them to people so I, I think I have two good examples for myself if you do, if you need some time. The closest I can think is when I one time I said that like I was going to do something by the seat of my pants and nobody knew what that phrase meant and I had to explain to them. Explanations of idioms seems yeah. like a like like probably the easiest example of such a thing, but I imagine Ian might be thinking of something else. Yeah. No, that I, I don't think I have anything that's along the lines of what you're asking. So so my... Oh, I got three. Okay, so the easiest one was in high school. Oh, I can even rewind before that. Uh, I knew someone in my World of Warcraft guild uh, who always said... How do you say hello in German? Uh, which, there's a couple ways. Guten Tag is the one most people know. Oh, no, not that way. Uh, hello? <laughs> probably wasn't hollow <laughs> um whatever whatever it was uh they said one thing and then they also always said danka for thank you yeah uh yeah. which worked its way into my vocabulary because i thought it was a great little uh piece of personality to tack on there you can like <laughs> how in freshman year we kept going danka and pizza to each other yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like that and, and other people like it too i always love when someone says bitte when i say danka it's so it's great and sometimes you can throw on some shones it's great. But but the problem is that as soon as I say Danka, the two responses are either someone being like, 
oh, I don't know, like, I can pick up from context that what that is, but I don't know what language that is. Or someone trying to launch into a German conversation with me and me just being completely flat-footed in that regard. <laughs> uh, Sorry, you finish yours. No, 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 that was, that was number one. Uh, I had maybe the opposite thing. The second time I was at Philmont, we stopped at this one uh, camp, and this woman comes down off the porch, and... I forget what she said exactly, but in German she said, Hey, welcome, come on, come on in, uh, come sit on the porch. And everybody else is standing around, and I just start strolling up, and like, where are you going? Like, guys, she said to come up onto the porch. She said welcome. And then forgot that no one else spoke German. That's gotta be weird. I, I, it I was weird. I have that thing where I'll forget that other people don't understand the languages that I can hear. Uh, like, uh, I, I only noticed it because uh, my mom had to point it out, but it was a couple months ago. She was explaining to uh, a family friend's new boyfriend uh, why sometimes they would talk in Hindi, and sometimes they would be talking in Tamil, and sometimes they were only going to be talking in English. Um, so I then, uh, and then I realized, I was like, oh, okay. And then uh, also one of my family friend's uh, husband doesn't understand Hindi or Tamil, uh, she, he speaks a different language as Telugu, so uh, they've been learning that. So there was within the room, some some of the like some combination of like five different languages were being spoken on a regular basis, and it only took me until it took me until like then. So twenty five years of my life of being around this until I realized like that's probably a little abnormal. And there's just people like randomly seamlessly moving through like five different languages and not noticing it. That's so cool though. Yeah. You had two more. Yeah, so so two more. Uh, the yeah, other was uh, in in another attempted high school personality graft. Uh, I started saying "ahoy" because I really liked how this other person said "danka," and I started using "ahoy" the way that uh, I had always been told that people use "aloha," which is both "hello" and "goodbye," <laughs> which therefore means that I was twice as annoying as a high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I kept that for. Maybe a year and a half, maybe two years. I don't even remember when I drifted out of it. That, that one's always fun. Uh, the last one is pin-in. Uh, just the idea of putting a pin in something in conversation, which I don't think is new to me, but like, like I do not think I invented this thing, but I do not know where I learned it from. I don't know. You're the one that introduced me to it. I just see, like, there's a reference to it. Uh, Michael Scott has a reference to it in an episode of The Office. He does? Yeah. He's like, let's put a pin in that. But that's a different, that's, that's in the, like, a business sense of, like, we'll put a pin in that is just, we will circle back around to that later. Yeah, the, which, but, is, which is exactly how I use it. Right, but it, it is, it's the same intent, but the way you say it is pin in and then state the specific topic. Oh, okay. You get what I'm saying? That so it's, you're, saying, you're saying that I also use it to branch into new things. Right, you, you say, we're going to hold off on this, uh, but even the specific syntax you use is slightly different, mm-hmm. which is my, why, uh, uh, you might have to. I think you might be the one that's invented specific syntax for it. Hey. You took something from a different language, essentially, and ported it into Ianish. Copyright Ian Riley, twenty seventeen. <laughs> hashtag T. Hashtag M. Wait, didn't you 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 used this before twenty seventeen? So it would be copyrighted when you started. Well, yeah, but I didn't have the you know this is this is proof that I invented it. I don't think uh, we probably recorded it. At some I, point. I imagine it has to be recorded, and you've definitely typed it into chat, which oh, would, yeah. which would constitute uh, proof of original time, prior art. Yeah. 
Oh, but uh, so mildly related to the Ahoy thing. Uh, yeah. In in the Simpsons, you know, Mr. Burns. Uh, often, do you have you ever watched it and seen how he answers the phone? Uh, not off the top of my head. Okay, so the the greeting he uses when he answers the phone is Ahoy Hoy, which is the way that Alexander Graham Bell wanted the greeting for phones to be, because that's uh, it's he he likened it to the way you would answer things on a boat, and that's obviously the thing. And I think that's just kind of fun. Like they, they have this obtuse reference that most people wouldn't get, but is an additional way to show that Mr. Burns is very old. So someone, uh, oh, uh, heads up, spoiler alert! This is going to be a nerdy episode. Um, my, my, my main topic is <laughs> my main topic today is Big Five, which we'll get to. Um, there, there is recently a uh, not a full proof but a not a proof and not a partial proof but a related proof to Fermat's last theorem that some random guy in China came up with wait when um pretty recently but not recently enough that they weren't able to make a short documentary on him Ooh, Um, that's cool anyway he he basically proved that there are a infinite number of twin primes which are prime numbers that are different by two Okay. Uh, and that there is some sort of bound for how often they must occur. Uh, and that bound's been lowered a couple times. Hmm. Anyway, uh, Fermat's last theorem says that uh, there are no... This is somehow related to Fermat's last theorem, which is a theorem that he basically wrote in a letter to a friend and said that he did not have the room to include his simple proof for, but said that there is no N such that a to the n plus b to the n equals c to the n, uh, where n is an integer greater than 2. Okay. That's, that's Fermat's theorem. So there's an episode of The Simpsons where uh, I guess Homer is supposed to be smart, and in just a background of the episode, there is a set of numbers that's like, it, you know, 1,027 to the 4th plus such and such, such to the 4th equals yeah. such and such to the 4th. And it was something that was correct out to, like, 20 digits. So mathematically, <laughs> it was incorrect. But if you just put it in on your calculator, it would be correct. Right. Uh, and so, so that was great. another one of those lovely little obscure Simpsons jokes. That just took me two minutes to explain. I'm always, like, on the edge of being, like, I'm going to take the time to learn a bunch of different cocktails. But... No, not yet. I mean, maybe only, this next yeah. apartment because I won't have as much room for just way too much beer. I mean, the only so the only reason I know like cocktail things or alcohol things is just because I don't like to do anything and just have like a bunch of unanswered questions. So when all of my friends in college and in, in high school uh, started drinking a bunch and I had to be the DD, I was like, well, might as well start learning more about alcohol for no reason, and I was just. Uh, you were just driving your own little magic school bus. It's <laughs> <laughs> like today we're gonna learn about alcohol. Well, I would, I would, uh, I would, I would essentially just start lecturing them while I was driving them to Taco Bell or wherever, because I said if if you're gonna randomly force me to be your DD because I don't want you driving drunk, this is the cost. You're gonna have to listen to me tell you about different alcohols now. It was fun for me. That's all that matters. One day you can do the same thing for your kids. 
Oh, I have I have I uh, mentioned this before? The- you mentioned you've mentioned this like uh, uh what's not brigade. Uh, what was, what's the game with the aggro crag? What? Oh, there's there's like a gauntlet of video games that you want to put your children through. Oh yeah, there's- where where <laughs> they cannot uh play newer generations of video games until they've beaten older generations yes, of video games. Yes, right. So I've I've mentioned that part too. Uh, no, no, my my plan for how I will. Uh, discipline my future children is is through lectures like i'm going to lecture them on topics and then when they get a little bit older i'll i'll give them the option to either have me lecture them for a, uh, a while or they can learn something about a specific topic and give me a presentation about it in the form of say an essay or a powerpoint or a speech do you think that they i was about i was about to ask do you think that they'll still have powerpoint in those days uh i don't know if it'll i mean uh it doesn't need to be like Microsoft PowerPoint, but I I think that using like slide presentations will probably be a thing for eons. Well, what if they had VR? It would. <laughs> I think you're thinking small. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna define the media through which they have to uh, the medium. <laughs> they have to level up from PowerPoint to VR. <laughs> <laughs> Give your children experience. Yeah, so they they start by they start just with um, oral tradition. <laughs> <laughs> they have to they have to start at uh, and and when they want to start singing they have to start with say uh, like Gregorian chant and yeah and move up uh, as they grow up the uh, Civ Five tech tree that you have started to draw on their bedroom wall just expands. <laughs> I don't remember who it was, but like uh, so I mentioned this to somebody. And uh, the the hole they tried to poke in the plan is, what if your kid starts to enjoy that? And my retort was, why is that a bad thing? If my kid went, ah, ha, 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 I can, beha- I can misbehave, and all I have to do is learn something new and then teach it to my father, that's a great thing. Big whoop of their misbehaving. It's not like it's going to come down to me if it's like, oh, no. It's like, hey, your kid cursed. Yeah, go, go learn something. If it's anything like serious, I'll probably have to give them more appropriate discipline and that means something or it wouldn't be really just down on me like it's probably something that goes through other avenues like the school or police and i'm just hoping i don't i don't like raise like an insane punk who thinks they can just get out of things by being smarter than everyone but (laughs) yeah what would it what would it be like to have yourself as a child (laughs) (laughs) i would be a nightmare i i was a nightmare all i can hope is that you know if i have children X years from now, I'm not listening back to this as my kid walks through the front door saying, oh boy. <laughs> I'm just hoping that like I don't have like a future kid that, that has the, the opposite things I've had, where it's like, man, my dad was just always trying to figure out if this behavior I had was ADD. I think he was just paranoid about it. It's like, yes, I was, okay? Because I'm worried I'm going to pass on some of my problems to my kids. I think that's a very common pa- uh, parent issue I have now as a man very far away from being a parent. <laughs> Arvin, would it be helpful for me to just uh, go ahead and say that there is almost zero chance you will not pass some neuroticism onto your child? Right, right. It's <laughs> it's not like it's not like you don't have the desire. I think that's part to of not. being a parent, right? I, but it's still the desire to not pass it on. Right, right, right. That's. I'm I'm aware. There's no way I'm not going to mess up my kid in some way. I'm just hoping it's minor. Like my kid gets a uh, gets my weird proclivity for just tapping out the Fibonacci sequence or something. Ready for another hard right turn? Yeah, let's do it. So speaking of Microsoft PowerPoint, 
But we have to be careful because this is the last hard right turn we can make. Otherwise, we start intersecting with the previous path. Uh, that's all right. I, I still <laughs> I remembered my pin from before. Uh, it was it was gonna be me saying maybe this shouldn't be four hours long like the one I'm editing right now. <laughs> um, but you know, we'll just we'll see what happens. Uh, I can always cut chunks out. So uh, I I go through spurts with podcasts where I will just stop listening to a given podcast for a couple months and then uh, start binging through it again. Uh, so catching up on Accidental Tech Podcast, which is an Apple podcast, uh, not by Apple, but about Apple. Okay. So in late April, uh, there was this, oh, I want to say New York Times, maybe Washington Post. Uh, online article going around where basically the thesis of it was or or at the end of it there was this quiz where you were supposed to say if the rest of the world went on living and you had to stop using a company's products what order would you give up these products the companies being amazon google slash alphabet apple microsoft and facebook um Except when they when they went through this question on the show, they kind of tweaked it by accident, just by misunderstanding the question. And we're talking about if you were to, if these companies were to be not erased from the past, but immediately dissolved and erased from existence, what order would you want them to be erased in? Ah, uh, see, I think that's a more interesting question. Which is a way cooler question. Yes. Uh, so so the big five again for the sake of this conversation are Amazon, Google, Apple, Microsoft, and Facebook. I thought it'd be fun if we'd, you know, take a minute, think about it, and then we could talk through. Okay. Uh, but, so can I talk about the, the, that New York Times question first for a sec? Oh, sure, sure. Right. So, uh, Did you see this when it was going around? No, but okay. that's, that's somewhat interesting. So, obviously, if it's, if it's just going to be affecting me, I could... I could immediately just cut out Apple and not care. I don't oh, need I think, Apple products at all. I think this we'll get into that yeah. in like during the actual conversation. No, no, no. But uh, I wanted to just address that. But say like Amazon, I would care about it being dissolved because we know people that work there. Oh, that did, that right. didn't. Even oh, I didn't even think once. about that. Yeah, yeah. Makes me feel crappy. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, because that was my first. That was my first thought when you said got dissolved. I was like, oh no, Murphy and and Joe, they'd be out of a job. When. When we say they get dissolved, it's me- that means like every MacBook is still continues to function until yeah, it dies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so just the company as it is stops functioning overnight. Uh, what about Internet of Things devices associated to those companies, though? Um. So, for example, I mean Amazon. Example. So Amazon, mm-hmm. their um, Echo and similar products with the lady in the tube. Mm-hmm. Uh, those products need the Amazon Web Services backend, right? And so that backend goes away immediately. So, uh, so also, all companies currently that use the Amazon Web Service yep. would disappear. Yep. Well, I guess that makes part of my answer a lot easier. <laughs> I think I got mine lined up. Um, okay. So uh, one more note is that I did not I did my best to not think about this question between when I heard it and now. Okay. Okay. So um, number one is going to be the company that you most you would want to get rid of first, or that you would least care about getting rid of. Okay. All right. So for me, that's Facebook. Is that uh, Rob? I don't. I didn't hear you. No, I agree. Uh. So. 
for me, I would actually keep the answer at Apple. Okay. Because uh, Facebook is still, uh, like, like for me, it's Facebook is one of the primary methods by which I communicate with others. And I know that's, that's still a pretty common thing. Uh, and not that I just want uh, like Apple to be gone, but since we established that all of its current products would continue to work, it's the, it's the least disruptive. Okay. Um, I, I can see that, and I will get to that. I, I had similar thinking later. Okay. I'm thinking with the uh, Amazon Web Services side of things, there is not as much as like Microsoft or Amazon, but there's a decent amount of cloud infrastructure that Apple has in place um, that I think is probably a little more critical. Facebook's cloud infrastructure. Probably. See, I fucking hate Facebook. <laughs> so if if there were an option to um like nothing but flower style, like burn Facebook down and try again, fucking go for it. Like See, to- I would be I would be totally cool if it was uh if like Facebook and Facebook Messenger were actually like separate things. Um I probably would have been more okay with just getting rid of Facebook. But but like if we got rid of Facebook, right? Yeah. Like uh, so so I have reasons for not liking Facebook. It feels really really creepy to me. Um they have kind of creepy practices. Yes, they absolutely do. Um uh but so I I also think Apple has some creepy practices on the same I would I would think Apple actually has fewer creepy practices. Uh so so one example one example being that apparently when you're in Apple Maps um there is I'm not trying to just like a mouthpiece for some Amazon marketing, mm-hmm. but apparently there is a transition point in the server that is routing your um that that is routing you from A to B such that neither server knows where you came from and where you're going. At some point during your drive, you will be transitioned onto a different place, so Apple could not if they wanted to uh, the idea is Apple could not, if they wanted to, collect data on people go from this place to this place. Okay, but I mean, Apple Apple still does collect data on like user things, people Every, the way like people are using the, well, right or yeah. not. But uh, so like Apple collecting the 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 way that people use their iPhones feels creepier to me than uh, Facebook's thing, given that Facebook's entire point is uh is like the you become like by using Facebook become a like commodity to them mm-hmm. so it's not that i don't think that's creepy but at least that's what i signed up for like a lot of people use the iphone and that's not what they signed up for it's just the collateral damage essentially um and with facebook people should be acutely aware of the i'm sharing this with everybody and facebook tells you straight out they're doing it they don't they don't even hide it among uh their privacy policy they, they tell people and it's quite public knowledge and everyone's kind of uh, like the the people at Facebook were totally proud of it, and Facebook tells you like, "Hey, you got this ad because we picked it for you because of the things you have." So I guess I guess the transparency of that is why I think it's less creepy. Hmm. I mean, I it's I think it's an almost academic difference, but the, so so the thing that like the way that I see it is that Apple makes their money off of you paying Apple, right? Facebook makes their money off of them selling you, correct? And so one of those companies is far more incentivized to track me. 
Uh, just the number of the number of like creepy ads I get on Facebook from times when I'm not on Facebook. It's it's when I look at something on Amazon and instantly start getting all the ads for the things I was looking at on Amazon. It's mostly really like the creepiness is certainly a part of it, but mostly the amount of time that I've spent like sitting on my couch, fucking scrolling Facebook and being like, oh, things I don't care about by people that I don't care about. I would, if if I could get rid of that, get rid of, you know, kind of greedily, get rid of my investment in that, uh, get rid of the fact that, that I do have friends where I feel like I need Facebook to keep up with them. If they're, if I could burn that all down and try and do it in another way where um, maybe it was better, maybe it just wasn't Mark Zuckerberg, who I, who I think is like lining up for presidential candidacy um i I don't think he he's gonna do that um well well, well, let's not say that about trump but um here we are uh the the trump has i think uh even said that he didn't initially intend to actually go all the way to presidency it just turned into that at some point um trump has said a lot of things yeah (laughs) i don't don't know that we can really i don't necessarily trust anything he says uh but uh, really, Mark Zuckerberg would lose a lot of power by again. Hey, the Lex Luthor thing of do you know how much power I'd lose by becoming president? Okay, uh, let me just flip that on its head though. Uh, can you imagine the president who has all the data that Mark Zuckerberg has access to? Well, <laughs> like, thing, he like, doesn't. He doesn't legally retain that access while president. Sure, blind trust that works well. Well, it, there's a difference though. Uh, like. The the uh, most of the who who could run a better campaign? So once he's president, yeah. sure. But who could run a better campaign before then? Oh, I'm sure he'd run a a, a quite good campaign. I just don't think he the most data centric campaign possible. Yeah, I just don't think he has any true incentive to become president. What incentive does any like? I I I don't know. I a, a future in which Mark Zuckerberg runs for president is a scary one to me and not an unrealistic one to me. I don't believe that it's unrealistic. It's partially also the same like optimism thing. I'm just like, uh, I don't I don't think he has a good incentive. I I don't think he's going to. It's it's more so along the lines. I hope he doesn't. And I'm going to continue to conduct myself as if he isn't going to. Sort of the way I went for the the bulk of the the presidential race of I really hope Trump isn't going to get any farther, uh, even though it kept occurring. Up and up until it's those those homestuck stairs. <laughs> up until the uh, like the the literal point where it was mathematically impossible uh, for Hillary to win, I was still on the train of, well, maybe she's gonna win, and I'm hoping she's gonna win, and I'm yep. gonna conduct myself as if she's going to, um, because to do otherwise is no. That's just going to be dwelling on things that I can't directly control and just going to make me sad. This is a whole other topic deeper in the list, which I'm saving for a November episode. Uh, But yeah, like definitely that moment of when you decided that the like that Trump was our president or that Trump had won the presidency. Like that's that's definitely something that I have that same kind of like exactly this thing happened and then. First time the 538 fell below 50% yeah. for Clinton. 
We'll we'll get to I I can't I can't. We'll save that for November 9th, twenty seventeen. Yeah. Uh, Rob, do you wanna do you wanna give any words on Facebook? Um. So I'm I'm kind of in the same position you are that I don't like how I feel commoditized on Facebook, and I don't feel like its services are actually that great aside from the fact that they have a huge user base. Not to bring up the Facebook Messenger versus um, Slack debate again, <laughs> uh, but if we could have moved that like group chat from Facebook Messenger to something different, I would have been fine with that. That, that would have been okay with me. Um, but also, I feel that Apple's, Apple machines and technology play a pretty big role in developing new software and new media, and I want to be able to consume that. Okay, so so let's move to number two. So second company that you would get rid of. Rob? Apple. <laughs> Facebook. Uh, Amazon. Really? Yeah. Okay, uh, you, so I'm going to start with me because I have the new opinion here. So Amazon, I don't think they're doing any... I don't think they're doing anything anyone else couldn't do. And that's kind of my thesis with Amazon. Like, so they do do some weird stuff and they do own a lot of things. So like with Amazon, you lose Woot. Whole Foods. Yeah. I guess we lose Whole Foods. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Julia. Oh, sorry, Julia. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Uh, I didn't I, consider I, my I, actions I, just, I remember when you said Woot, I was like, oh, also Whole Foods. Oh, wait. More people we you know losing their job. Yeah, apparently Am- that uh, who's the Amazon guy? Uh, Bezos. Hmm. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. That Bezos is a uh, a large employer of our friends. <laughs> I hope you guys don't go after Uncle Sam. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. So so, online shopping is a thing that like other people have mastered. Shipping is something that other people could master. I feel like it's hard for anyone else to do what Amazon does right now because Amazon exists. But if you killed Amazon, you'd suddenly have like four to seven Game of Thrones style um, little Amazons competing to be the next Amazon. And eventually one of them would be serviceable. So uh, I, not that I'm at all an expert on the way Amazon conducts its business, but for pretty much a decade at this point, Anytime I've ever seen uh, like a business story about Amazon, it's always along the lines of, and they will probably be failing within the year because Amazon keeps doing, it keeps taking like risky moves of yep. never having any uh, resources it isn't spending, uh, which most, play, uh, most people don't want to do because it's a crazy thing to do. Um, I, it, Amazon just seems to have this, this position of, eh, it's worked before. Let's keep doing it. Um, like taking the risks because it's pretty confident it like they're going to succeed, um, and I think that maybe we would get the no. It's not like the the shopping part, the shopping, the shipping. I think that would easily uh, be recouped by other other companies, but the other things like the Amazon web servers would probably not be accomplished the same way. Oh, like they would probably be much more expensive. I think Google just like sneaks the fuck in and suddenly takes that market. Well, Google would have to uh, develop. Would have to just start dedicating even more server farms. Not that it couldn't, but I don't know if they would. 
I the thing I'd be concerned with there is the immediacy with Amazon Web Services going down. Like, oh. what happens right afterwards? Yeah. I would kill a lot of startups with this move. Uh, you would kill more than just startups. I mean, like, sure. Yeah, a no, couple no, of. I know how much of the internet runs on yeah, it, but a bunch of stuff yeah. could survive without it, and startups could not. True. For for an intermediary period. My work would be immediately set back a year, maybe more, if Amazon Web Services went down, because all of our like process management is based on Trello, which is only powered by Amazon Web Services, or only hosted on there. And when it went down a couple months ago and took out a large chunk of Amazon Web Services, we couldn't do much for the rest of the day. So like, if all of it went down... It'd be a lot of there'd be a lot of things to overcome in that short term. That's what I'd be concerned with. And Even though I think, yeah, Google would probably fill that power vacuum and Microsoft and Apple. Yeah, I I think that also there's uh so, so on on the immediacy topic, uh yes, I think other things would uh, other other companies would start to fill in that same area that Amazon currently occupies, but it would probably take a while because it would be slow movement into those 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 areas. Sure. Uh, so there'd be a long period of time where the things Amazon does don't happen anymore. If we if we want to talk about like the uh, uh, the prime thing that Amazon does, oh, I need to put Prime Day on the list. I tried so hard to avoid it. If we want to talk about the main thing that Amazon does, uh, which is allow you access to a large number of products, uh, nominal. How's nominal instead of main? Nominal means. Doesn't that mean the opposite of main? No. Nominal means like the thing in name, the the thing that like. Yeah. So so Amazon Web Services yeah, maybe what they, uh, what word? Uh, I I mixed up the the meanings of negligible and nominal in my head. Oh okay. That's why. Okay. Yeah. So so the nominal thing that Amazon does, which is let you buy a bunch of stuff, could be accomplished even without the internet. True. Um, with the internet, it's a lot easier, and I I buy so much stuff through Amazon. Um, as far as effects to me amazon and uh google like amazon would affect me maybe more than google in a lot of my day-to-day i'm not sure about that sentence because of gmail and all that um I, I guess we'll get there later but i i could buy things without amazon that's true but i mean so even not just the like personal thing like the people we know but a lot of people are employed by amazon and that's all of these companies no, I don't. I think that the there's probably an order of magnitude difference between people employed by Amazon and people employed by Apple. Did you see like the spaceship Apple just built that their employees work in now? No. Amazon. Amazon has this crazy campus. I don't. Oh, you wait. Apple or Amazon? Uh, sorry, Apple. Okay. Um. Yeah, I would. I would imagine that Amazon employs more people, but like, are you trying to talk about tech or are you trying to talk about? Um, like delivery and infrastructure. I mean, all of it, because you're still getting rid of Amazon. So those people sure. suddenly have no jobs and probably won't for a little bit. Well, but there's just a vacuum for a while. Right, but those people are starving in the meantime. I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's hard because there's so many things to wait here. Right, yeah. The, people's jobs was not, one of, was not one of the things that I considered in this. Yeah, that's that's Except what I was that's Mark what I was Zuckerberg's. bringing up. <laughs> the uh, but that is the, a good point. The effect on on people I felt was the the primary thing I was I was waiting in each of these cases. 
Also, uh, so it's order they go down. Yeah. But how much of a time period is there between them going down? Oh, undefined. Okay. Yeah. 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 I guess that also affects the question. You, you know, you make your own rules. They, they just are all going down in day X, just one day within hours. I guess that matters. Like it matters less about the order than if they're all going down within year X. Or just if you didn't know how many were going down. How would you rate them? How would you okay. rank them? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but you guys are both taking down Apple at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we both went with just switched order of Apple and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. So now there is like everything's PCs. Correct. Not necessarily. Google isn't very okay. Google's yep. yeah. So Chromebooks, Linux, and PCs. Yeah, yeah. And even right. Chrome OSs. Linux of a sort. Yeah. As as uh, we both know. Yeah. yeah. And I guess I guess uh also Android devices. Uh because some people only use tablets. Sure, sure. Oh, also though I guess it's no, still so, like it's not Linux th- th- those are the only things being sold thereon. Sure. But the other things still exist. They still exist. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there are some very, very rich Apple nerds who are paying a very large amount of money for twenty thirteen Mac i mean there are people that care about collecting everything that is from company x oh yeah people everyone cares about stuff (laughs) conversely people care about everything yeah um given i'm I'm pretty sure i i uh, i I saw on reddit somebody recently purchased a uh, a commodore 64 i guess i wouldn't be shocked if somebody was buying old apple merchandise where'd you guys go for number three rob Number three, I'm going to go with Amazon. Arvin? Uh, for number three, yeah, I'd go to Amazon. Okay, now I go Apple. Um, oh, actually, no, you know what? Microsoft, not not Amazon. Yeah? yeah? Are you talking about jobs? Is that why? Yes, the jobs. Okay. Um, no, jobs was at Apple. Huh? Jobs was at Apple. Uh, <laughs> Johnny, I've got an issue with your pun. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I realize that uh, Microsoft's back end, uh, like a lot of things don't necessarily need to rely that much on Microsoft's continuous existence. Okay. Um, so those would continue to function for a while. So uh, once here, so here's where I'm coming from. I want to keep Apple a little longer just because not knowing, you know, not knowing the timescale on any of this, I feel like having a major competitor to Microsoft is a good thing. And I don't think that Google yet counts as a major consumer competitor. Even realizing that Apple is maybe 15% of the market, I don't think that's the right number, but I think that's close. I I have a feeling that the only reason that Google isn't currently a major competitor is because they don't have any incentive to do so. I think that it's like, well, we're doing well enough. We don't need to do that. And then if Apple dropped as a competitor to Microsoft and Microsoft started being shitty and people were like, oh, we want some alternative google would probably just go yeah let's do that let's get everyone to buy our products instead so uh, i don't i don't know because here's the thing so the google like the chromebooks you know rob and i are both fans own them use them etc um the chromebook line is pretty i don't want to say low end but it it uses the internet the the point of the chromebook is that like nothing living on your machine is important uh, to the point that you can't even keep it from possibly deleting things in your downloads folder, which is the only hard drive folder you have access to. 
uh, without yeah. without developer mode and all yeah. that. And, and so what is the what would be the point of high-end Google Chromebooks? Uh, I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, we're also in this weird hypothetical world where these these uh, companies just start being pulled out. Sure, sure. Uh, so, but I mean, even on like a larger scale, that's I mean, that hasn't been Google's MO in places where they clearly could make a killing so far. Like if you look at Android phones, if they had reined in control over versioning and really pushed for their phone, they probably could have made a lot of money on it. Instead, they mostly released Nexus line phones, which were cheap, pretty good spec phones, um, and let versioning go wherever it wanted, and didn't release anything that was high-end until the Pixel and Pixel XL. So they kind of really haven't shown any interest in that market, even when it's something that they probably could have taken a big chunk out of. Well, I think that might be partially because uh uh who whomsoever is actually running the like android section uh might have might might feel that the the way the current system is that like anybody can make an android phone is more important than them being really on the them being the primary this is the android phone um par- partially maybe because when they uh because there used to be a couple ways that you could have like Android systems on a phone. You could either just be a company that made like took the publicly open source system, just stuck it on your phone, and then it was Android. But then you could also uh, be interacting with Google. If you worked with Google and uh, conformed to some of the standards they desired on there, you were able to add another like label and say like this is a Google Android phone. Um, like for instance, like the Moto Droid didn't just say like on the back it said like with google because it was made specifically conforming to every standard google had um but they they dropped these like the distinctions and just went there's just android now uh because uh like companies were were sometimes they were just kind of conforming to the thing and not to a great extent and they realized it's really difficult as technology expands and different user uh, like user bases are going to desire these devices that it was just difficult to have a constantly changing set of standards. So they're just like, we're going to drop those things and just make everything have, just like, this is just Android now. That's, that's the way this works. Um, so maybe it's just that it's difficult. Like maybe they've tried to do that. The, um, I, I don't know how all these businesses work in, on the inside, but I feel that if Google felt that it had a good chance and it was worth it for them, that they would try to take market X just because they have a lot of resources. They're effectively a small country. Can I talk about the uh, public infrastructure problem you guys have right now? Yeah. Um, you guys killed Apple and Microsoft? No. No, you killed Amazon. Amazon. You killed Microsoft. I killed Microsoft. Microsoft. So uh, I don't have to deal with this problem yet, but I'll bring it up now. Um, you now have, like, any non-power user, if we want to use that as a term. Sure. Uh, any non-power user now has an unsupported OS. Oh, good point. So as soon as a single person finds a virus vector, like a, a single zero day, there it's not even zero day. Any day is, is yeah. a good day because there will never be a security patch on these systems again. Hmm. Yeah. So it's you now need to. So d- Y two K now becomes a uh, an inevitability. 
Well, not, even, not even Y2K, but just uh, eternal blue, etc. Right. Any but any sort of virus. Like like Y2K for like the common user. Like what most yeah. people were thinking of wasn't even like, oh, all the missiles are going to go off. It's like, oh no, none of my things are going to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like that. Uh, I have a bug in <laughs> in our bug tracker at work that's just like, hey, someone read this bug bet- between 2038 or our system could possibly break. Yeah. yeah that's. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, the 2038, the actual issue that currently plagues some things. Or 2036. You never know. Um, Who knows? But yeah, so so now all of these people, you have to convince them to buy new hardware or reformat on Linux. Mm, and you yeah. have to teach them how to use desktop Linux. And, I mean, that's not even, like, super... I mean, that's actually... So that's the whole point of... All, for them to do that, they lose all their programs. Yeah. Uh, Some of which don't... I was wondering on the time scale, because if these were quickly, then no matter what, you're already reaching these oh, yeah, bunches yeah. of companies dropping. Well, if it's within, like, if there's, say, like, a year between each one, then it matters more about the order, because it's how progressive is this <clears> decline. Sure. The big five. That that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I think you thought more about the implementation of this doomsday than I did. Yeah, I I wanted to consider all of the the like things that are going to happen, not just the first order, but you know the second and third order are an important part of the the thing. I felt the this this weird doomsday of companies. Uh, so number four, uh, Rob, pain point. <sighs> it is. The, the other way of the other way of asking this question is: out of these five, which would you keep? Because we're down to the last choice. No, yeah, it's... I want to keep Google, but I think for the sake of keeping all the Windows machines in the world, in the world, um, yeah. running and... Spider-Man over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Spider-Man. Keeping them all running and... Yeah, great responsibility. And uh, not immediately becoming just infected by all sorts of nasty stuff i'm gonna keep microsoft around sorry google arvin i'd be keeping uh, google around so this is the point at which amazon goes down so i had a lot of trouble with this one especially because um <laughs> this is something like this is literally a thing we have branches of government working on um but i would get rid of microsoft okay um and and basically my thesis there is that I think Microsoft does like a good enough job, and I think enough of the world relies on Microsoft. But at this point, where I'm killing off four companies, I really did think, if I could keep one of these, who would I keep? And for me, that tra- that question kind of translated into, who does their job the best? Like, not just for the job they could be doing, who do I think is the least... Is, is the most practiced, is the least dispensable. And for that, I went Google. Um, so, so Microsoft has to die here. So something I realized now as you were, as you were talking is that... Uh, oh, also YouTube. Sorry. <laughs> keep yeah. going. Keep yeah. going. So, uh, through, so through my choices, I, I, uh, I kind of caused to occur, like in this weird doomsday situation where those four companies dropped, and now there are all these users that probably just have destroyed computers. I, I pretty much forced the weird, uh, like, joke thing I, I've, like, I've gone with. Which, if Google took over the world, I'd be okay with it. Google would take over the world probably when, like, no users currently have, like, serial computers, and your best option for an internet device is Google. Mm-hmm. Because also, uh, 
if if like net neutrality keeps getting uh, violated, uh, then Google might make fiber like a huge thing, and they would be the primary internet provider. So Google would just have monopoly on a lot of things in this weird doomsday world. Uh, so I I guess assuming that someone has to have uh, so let's say that your top your top person is either Apple, Microsoft, or Google, right? Sure. Somebody has a de facto sold in stores um, uh, monopoly on the computer market. Sure. And when I look at the products offered by those three companies, I think that Google's product is the most matched to what most people need a computer for. Right. That's. I, uh, that's. I yeah. think that. Um, I think that most people. I I get surprised. Ugh. Yeah, you know, you see people when you're on your your Mark Zuckerberg websites. <laughs> um, you you see people asking like, "Hey, I'm looking for a computer for personal use. Which of these several thousand dollar machines should I buy?" Yeah. And and it's like most people most people just need a Chromebook. That that's exactly what uh, Google Google's like motivation for making the Chromebook was. They realized that most people just need it for the internet. Uh, they're like you. Most people don't even really need to store that many things on their computers. Yeah. Uh, or or have things that can run all of these crazy games and programs. Uh, the those of you that can that that, that need that go buy those other machines. But hey, all you large swath of people that only needed to access a few websites and maybe occasionally use word processing. Here you go. Not even not even that Google Docs is that good a program. Right. Or Google Sheets. Yeah. But <laughs> again, in this doomsday scenario, they probably have some time to work on it. There's a so lot of there's a lot of good really workers not in tech. bad for what they are <laughs> yeah. too. Like, huh? They're really not bad for what they are. You no. kind of have to be a power user of the office suite to get to a point where you're like, uh, some of my biggest issues know. even with uh, like the Google Drive apps is just that they are so terrible when you try to move something from another word processor or like spreadsheet program into sure. it. So when it's the only one. It suddenly got a lot better, actually, because I no longer needed to like copy paste out of a Word doc into it, or uh, or, or try to reuse my my Excel prog- uh, equations. I'm just going to be using the sheets and and uh, what call it docs things. So my my other complaint with it is that there was a while where it was all I had because my Windows PC was dead. This was also the time when Ian was trying to send uh, Word art in emails to people uh. <laughs> and i could not get in on the game sad sad sparkle text <laughs> i, so I mean I was, trying, I was trying to do like sad from the front bottoms but i realized i i without any of the surrounding lyrics it doesn't it just comes off as the trump sad every time yeah i know i don't like that i don't i really i really don't like when thing i've 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 been saying for a bit becomes associated to something else, so I no longer reference the thing I wanted to reference. Uh, like sometimes when do I do, you just have any say, other example of that? I can't think of uh, one. Like frack. Okay. I say a lot <laughs> instead of the f word, and I've heard I've I've actually had people wonder why I'm talking about like fracking, like for like gas and stuff. I'm like, no, it's not that. It's from Battlestar Galactica. Instead of using the f word uh, originally due to censorship, they had to. They had to come up with a different way to say it, and frack is obviously pretty much the F word, so that's what they used. And in the new, when they, they did the reboot, they continued it because it was sort of a, a fun way to reference the old one, and people already enjoyed using that. Uh, but there's probably other times this has occurred that it don't immediately come to mind. 
but that one that one really sticks in my mind because it happens so often. When I was a little kid, I always called pasta fidget spinners. That's kind of the same thing. <laughs> Wait, really? No. <laughs> but what if you Arvin, did? Arvin. Okay, Ian, but what if you did? <laughs> but I didn't. No. That, that's um, already going to come up by now. I don't know. <laughs> I picked up my whiskey and just did not want to drink it, so it's back on the table now. Okay. Where it cannot hurt me. Um Let's let's go to let's go to the other related topic on here, which is the uh, hyperloop. Something that oh, I think yes. Arvin was a lot more excited than I was. I'm interested wait, wait, to hear that before before we even get to like the practical part of the hyperloop. No, 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 not not about that. It was uh, it was about uh, the logistical part of the hyperloop as well. Uh, oh, I, no, 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 no. I don't want to yeah. talk about the hyperloop at all for three okay. seconds. Go. I just want to postulate that right now. Uh, how old's Tesla? The guy. Must hundred years. Oh, Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla. Yeah, uh, the I don't one. know. The one named that. Uh, I, I, I think he's been dead for... He's been dead for a good uh, long time. Not, I don't think a hundred years, but probably somewhere Tesla in that Tesla was order. born on July 10th, 1856. He's been dead so for like a hundred, while. Well, yeah. Um, so uh, all that I want to talk about is just uh, a century from now when there's a company just named Jobs <laughs> <laughs> or Gates. <laughs> they're much more confusing companies i don't know if those would be uh the one that would get referenced though can you guys believe that at&t went out instead of bell as a name yeah that seems weird to me yeah why not name it after the guy who fucking made the device you're selling yeah uh well i mean that's probably because bell got broken up but didn't i thought they got bought by at&t eventually Oh, okay. Bell Telephone Systems got broken up in an antitrust. Oh, it got broken up before it was acquired. Yeah, okay. Bell like did not controlled almost every telephone set in the United States. Okay. To the point where you couldn't use their hand, you couldn't use a third-party telephone set on their network, which is one of the things that led to them getting completely broken up. Led to there becoming a whole bunch of little tiny Bell subsidiaries, which then got all gobbled up by AT and T, which is basically just Bell again. <laughs> Except you can use other things. I guess, on there's, their I guess there's kind of some monopoly feelings pegged to the name Bell now. So, yeah. oh, that, that I guess that makes some sense. All right. Well, look at that history lesson we just got there. Yeah. Thanks, oh, Rob. You guys learned about baby bells. Yeah. Part of the reason that like Tesla is called Tesla is that they like Elon Musk's like design for the car uh, involves a motor design that was inspired by Tesla's original sketches. Or at least so he's said. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like it's not that the motor isn't. Uh, it, like it, it looks like as uh, like it, it seems as if being inspired by uh, Tesla's original sketches doesn't seem like it's a crazy idea. Like somebody could probably look and be like, yeah, this looks like there's some similarity. I think inspiration is a loose enough word that you could say that about nearly anything. Exactly. It might also, have just like... been that like he was a fan of Tesla, as many people are, uh, and was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna name my company that. Um. Sort of weird, given that it was like a real person whose family still exists, but yeah, you know. But uh, d he did donate a bunch of money uh, to that uh, that campaign done by the oatmeal to save uh, Tesla's original lab, which is cool. Oh, my roommate and I were trying to figure out why, where the gap between us knowing about it and it not having enough funding to suddenly it's open. Yeah, we were trying to figure out where that happened, and I got uh, so he he donated a bunch to that original campaign. And then, but they, so they didn't have enough money to really do anything and make it a good museum. They just had enough to have the land. So uh, there was actually like a like an open letter 
uh, addressed to Elon Musk on the Oatmeal website about that, being like, hey, you use his name, and it would be really cool if you could give us some more money so we could make this a proper working museum. Um, and I think they asked for like a couple million because they're like, hey, it would be great if you could because this is how much we would need to make this the best we can. Um, and I think he donated like a couple hundred thousand, which is great. For a small okay. museum, yeah. yeah. Given, given he's a man on the order of billions, it's not crazy to say like, hey, it would be cool if you donated some of your massive amount of money you have acquired somewhat on the back of this name you have. Um, like, it wasn't like a demand. It was just like, hey, this would be cool if you could. Uh, also, we have this letter from a descendant of Tesla. She also would like it. We think it's cool. Uh, it was it was in no way like a demanding thing. It's just like, this would be nice if you did. We're just asking since you do this, and this is related to that thing. Uh, oh, but Hyperloop. Yeah, so, so um, I guess here's the whole thesis for this conversation. I am less interested in the Hyperloop than you, in which, I mean, I am not at all interested. Uh, the uh, Oh, I don't think I gave the date up at the top of the show, and I'm not wearing my watch. Uh, it's um, it is the twenty fourth of July of July two thousand seventeen. Anna Domino, year of our Lord, at Elon Musk twenty twentieth of July twenty seventeen. Just received verbal government approval for the Boring Company to build an underground New York, Philly, Baltimore, D.C. hyperloop, New York to D.C. in twenty nine minutes. Right. I don't care really at all about this. <laughs> Can uh, Arvin? Can you uh, rephrasing? Arvin, I know that you're for this because the conversation's outside of this podcast. Right. Rob, where do you land? Um, interested from a technological perspective. Okay. I don't have a particular. I don't travel between those cities enough for it to be useful to me, and I don't see the economic impact being immediately great right now. But I probably would have said the same thing about planes in 1913. I may take dispute with that position later. Anyway. I don't, this isn't necessarily going to become planes, yeah. like as big as planes are, but I would have said the same thing about the right flyer. Hmm. Okay. So, uh, just, uh, so the first thing is the way I felt about it when I originally posted in Trash Chat. Yes. Uh, was after just having seen the tweet and I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, and, as an aside, I really think it's I think it's fun that he named his company uh, where they have technologies for drilling holes the boring company. Oh, I never got like, that. Yeah, I liked I liked that there was wordplay in the name of the thing. Um, intentional wordplay because he said it originally started as a joke and he realized he could actually do it. Um, I, I liked it from the technological standpoint because I think the like drill that can also reinforce the hole as they make the tunnel is cool. Um, but also the the existence of a high-speed rail between three major cities. Four. Three major cities in Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> well, Baltimore is not actually that far from D.C. Yeah. Um, it's, it's mostly that like there's like a full hour between uh, New York and Philly, and going down from Philly to D.C. is a significant trek. Sure. Especially given the Beltway, <laughs> which is pretty much standstill constantly. Yeah, Baltimore's not very far geographically, but you still have to fight through the Beltway. So, four major cities. Uh, there's the thing. Uh, the, the, the existence of a high-speed rail going between them would probably be a net positive for the future. It, I, I don't specifically care if it's the Hyperloop, 
but uh, just that specifically uh, having a high speed rail between would be kind of cool. Am I correct? Am I correct in thinking that the plan for the Hyperloop is still the idea that you have this reinforced tunnel that you bring to not vacuum but low air pressure, and then you are able to drive things really fast through it because of low air pressure? I think that is the idea behind the Hyperloop. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, Hyperloop technology, like the, the technology to actually do this properly, still pretty, pretty early in development. Um, and originally when I had seen that tweet, I was under the impression that got ger- verbal government approval was on the long lines of he had spoken to the state governments, the people that actually have the jurisdiction. I don't know anything outside of that tweet. Okay. Yeah. So I learned, uh, apparently what he meant is he talked to federal government people who have zero jurisdiction on this. They they don't actually do anything, really. Uh, it's not federal land that he would need to get approval for. It's all of these states that control these swats. And he's trying to go between a bunch of them. So that is just a crazy logistical nightmare that he hasn't even started on. Would that... Would that he wouldn't be able to use eminent domain, would he? No. Um, he can't. He, well, so like, he could the, probably get... The federal government doing eminent domain on that large an area would probably be a terrible idea. They, the federal government doesn't do eminent domain for that kind of stuff. Not really. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, it's, I don't think that's within their, their I mean, they do, but not since, like, TVA. What was that acronym you used? TVA, Tennessee Valley Authority. They dammed a whole bunch of um, uh, small tributaries in the Tennessee Valley area and or the river. Okay. Um, and took out like huge swaths of the Appalachians to make hydroelectric dams. Can I ask a real stupid question? Sure. I had like a weird accent in that sentence. Stupid um, question. So my parents own their house. Yes. How much of the land beneath my parents' house do they own? I don't know. Because so like That's the a FAA, good question. the FAA, like there's different bands of the air that my parents own up to a certain amount of it. But I don't really understand what happens beneath the house. I don't know. I yeah, I've never really thought about how deep do you own. Um, I know you you generally have to, uh, you know, you get approval to to dig into your land, but mostly to make sure that you don't pierce something that was placed there, not because you're legally disallowed from doing so. Uh, you know, I mean, you have to get approval for doing any large like construction things or like digging giant holes in your in your yard but i think that's probably just a like a public safety issue yeah that doesn't that doesn't not really seem you don't like own it. it's not like huh. you're leasing time borrowing the dirt from someone yeah like... i don't i don't know i mean i i imagine that there is a certain depth below which you do not own but I don't know. I don't know if oh. there is, because usually it would be like a thing that like somebody owns the land, but someone owns like drilling rights or mineral rights or mining rights or something on it. Well, I mean, the F, like the 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 air is owned by the government, not by you, above a certain distance. So I feel that it might be the same sitch below the ground, but the depth to which that's a thing, I don't know. It's also possible that it's just an unregulated thing at this point because yeah, we don't actually it's... have the ability to just go below a thing uh, without worrying about the structural integrity of the ground above it. So it doesn't it doesn't really seem like uh, we're on the very reputable website that I've never heard of before, todayifoundout.com. Sounds legit. I've heard of that one. 
Actually? Yeah, actually. Oh. I go on it sometimes. Today I found out about today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, a person that just randomly learns a lot of information tends to find a lot of websites about people that also find out a bunch of, a bunch of random information. So, so stumbling upon a site like that occurs. So it looks like land rights and mineral rights are different. Um, if you do own the mineral rights, it doesn't seem like there's many court cases or anything that uh, actually go into this. But it does seem like you own some sort of Earth's radius depth beneath your land, unless you're on a Indian burial ground. Um, so uh, the Boltrist house is a separate situation. <laughs> I suppose. Other than that, practically everything is fair game. You can drill for oil and gas or even mine, assuming you have the relevant permits. How does... Okay, well... This doesn't really answer our question of how we're now, deep. We're now getting into the whole... I mean, it, it seems as if that would mean to the core, technically. Uh, I'm going to go take out my chunk of Earth's core, guys. I'll be back. Uh, like, you own... By, which I need down. to own some property. I'm going to go murder my dad so I can inherit his house. <laughs> you could have just asked. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Um, oh, just... I have to go get him to, for to forge his will and to say something I I get the whole house. It's sort of weird that, uh, like, you would own an increasingly small square as you went to greater depths. Mm, that's true. Because we get to we get to regard it as flat, because it's it's just within such a low tolerance, uh, high tolerance, low tolerance. Um, like you don't you don't really care. It's like yes, technically that is kind of an arc. But... Wait, are you saying that the Earth isn't flat? Yeah, you just get to drill till you get to the turtle. It's turtles all the way down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, also the weird things that I've literally never thought about. Um, so like a oil vein or a gas vein has some sort of lateral. Are they veins? What? Are they called veins? Whatever the correct term is, pocket. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna say vein. Um, because it's wrong. <laughs> so, I mean, it's the thing you do for minerals. I think we can just extend it to other resources. So, so you can dig in at any point of a mineral or at any point of an oil or gas vein and extract a large portion of whatever's in there, right? Without having the mineral rights on all of it. That's really weird. Well, because you you don't know, like you might not know where it's coming from, right? But you're never extracting it so from like somebody else. So, like, mineral rights is kind of a weird, made-up idea. But, but in that case, you're... See, this is where I want them to be court cases so that we have some case law on this. Yeah, um, we need precedent. I feel like you can make an argument that you're never extracting from someplace that's not a place that you have mineral rights right, you're on. You're only extracting from the space you access, and but if it they... also is originally under somebody else's... Thing. So it's the fact that the minerals are just attracted to you because you're such Look, a if liquids just happen to <laughs> fill the container they're you in. You have such gravitas. Yeah. In this case, mostly due to gravity. <laughs> oh. What? That was my initial joke. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get it though. <laughs> so anyway, let, let's pretend that he got state approval. What is exciting about a hyperloop? Uh, I mean, just the presence of a, uh, like a high-speed rail between these cities. Um, uh, stupid question. Yeah. I, I mean, like, would a normal person ride a hyperloop? 
The Acela is our the Acela is already really expensive. Our local Amtrak to and from different cities around here, the speed one. Because it would right. depend on it would depend on what the cost is. I have a hard time believing it would be less expensive. I mean, it might Hyperloop slash Acela might become less expensive due to the fact there would be competition. But but. I feel like the maintenance yeah. on Hyperloop would just be insane. Yeah, I don't. I I wasn't thinking in a uh, in a. I oh, it's so great this is gonna happen. It was just like a, idealistically, this is cool. Okay. Right. It's not. It's not even thinking about the full extent of what this would mean. I mean, even even at the initial point where I thought he had just gotten verbal government approval, like verbal talking to the state governments and then being like, yeah. Uh, we think we could be okay with this as an idea. I still wasn't even thinking that he had gotten like environmental impact things or anything, which you would have to do, um, because that would, that's probably substantial. Going underneath a lot, a lot, a lot of habitats that are pretty important to the uh, the local ecosystems is uh is, is definitely going to have substantial impacts. I guess for me, like. If you want to talk about, uh, I'm going to ignore for a second here, any sort of realistic maintenance structure. Sure. Um, and let's just say you have a Hyperloop that like hits the four corners of the U.S. And not like the four corners where they're next to each other, but like California, Washington, uh, Maine. Well, okay. Maine, Florida. Let's just cut it down to New York. Yeah. Uh, sure. And then Florida, right? Like places people want to be. Fine. Screw the new... Wait, what? <laughs> I mean, we could have gone up to Boston. Okay, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, let's go up to Boston. <laughs> well, and places people wanted to be was kind of harsh. Um, I thought that was a joke. Are Are there multiple stops along it, or are there are these? These are the four. You could say there's like let's say twelve stops, like a clock. Sure. Okay. Um, just even if you if you have that, then like okay, this could be an interesting thing. But a hyperloop just in like our tri-state area. Like, something that's going to have that big an impact to save rich people maybe three hours of their life? Eh. I mean, if it was for rich people, yeah, that would be... Right, but who else is going to be able to afford (laughs) Hyperloop travel right now? Unless it's, like, super It wasn't even, like, a right-now thought. It was a future, future thought. Like, as a going forward, the existence of high-speed rail between, uh, like, locations is probably something we should have. As in, it's one of those things that progresses us towards that future in Futurama. That's kind of where I keep coming back to. Like, in the immediacy, I don't see it as something... I see there are places where we could spend the same money and make a greater difference. Yes, 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 yes. But I keep bringing myself to, like, when people first had, like, when Stevenson had his his rocket, one of the first... um, really successful steam locomotives it was kind of like a rich person's toy kind of deal it didn't haul much it was more practical to have horses do it um and it was basically just steam engines at that time were a toy that pulled rich people around fairs um but like that led to railroads as we know them which were an enormous economic boom same thing with planes. Um, and personal computers. They were initially just a rich person's toy. Personal then... computers, uh, internal combustion engines. Uh, all these things that are were novelties at the beginning ended up being huge economic drivers that have done great things for the world. So I don't want to dis- discount the Hyperloop now be- as something that's just a frivolity. 
Sure. Yeah. It's but, not even that I care specifically about like hyperloop technology. It was most of the, mostly the existence of a high speed rail that is like progressing and actually might happen because high speed rail between uh like the major cities now is prohibitively expensive for anybody and i don't think that should continue to be true uh do you think the hyperloop would change it maybe it, it would at least offer some form of competition it might cause it to hopeful as i often am about most things i uh i'm not even gonna go with my argument of like it anything towards like I'm not even going to go with an argument of, oh, well, we should spend that money on the poor because that's not really like the technological argument that we're having here, um, regardless of my actual feelings on the matter. Um, I-, I won't even go with technology as a whole, but if you just look at the things that Musk could spend his money on, I would way rather have him go towards electronic cars or I would I would ra- way rather have it go towards Tesla cars or even improved batteries or solar. Like any one of those three things is more interesting, a better use of research money to me than all of the research, all of the infrastructure, all of the upkeep on the Hyperloop. I'll agree. I think of all of Musk's projects, uh, Hyperloop is, I think, most flashy, but least substantive. So, uh, so the thing is, between... Uh, I'm just going to address uh, electric cars versus the Hyperloop because sure. they are pretty much the same sector of getting people from point A to point B. Um, an electric car is personal level, while uh, like a Hyperloop is a systems level type of thing of like you're trying to get group of people over there together. Sure. Um, and just like traffic is not a problem that can be solved by having bigger roads. It's a problem you can only solve by having less cars using those roads. Or using the car, using the roads more efficiently, which if you have cars that are, you know, uh, instrumented to hell and can drive themselves. I mean, it brings up a whole different set right, of questions. Exactly. But, um, and you'd, you'd probably still get traffic in a different sense. I'm sure um, you would. Right. Uh, it would still be better if you had good, uh, like if you had like walkable areas all around a like a like a rail public transit system. I mean, my my ultimate my my like cheat answer here is, uh, my my hack on this is I would much rather just not have a a society where someone needs to go from D.C. to New York City all that often, or needs to get there in twenty nine minutes. That's what I'm saying. All all that often, where like, oh shit, get this person stat, like like Hamilton's on, <laughs> you know, like. But what about times when, like, somebody gets sick and it's like, hey, I need to get back to my kid because they're over there. And it would be helpful to be able to get there quickly. Sure. Or but, even... but if we if we engineer everything else so that people don't need to be on the roads. What do you mean? So people only stay within their one area they already stay in? Really? I would prefer that, I think. I, I think that's a... We need to... Uh, not we need to anything. But of all of the ways to cut down carbon emissions, it seems like the less you incentivize people to drive around a lot, the better. Unless you're able to shift to a pure solar type thing. Even still, you have all the costs of extraction for the minerals that go into the motors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batteries, but... 
here's the boring thing about any engineering conversation is it immediately comes down to oh well here are all the cons that you're not <laughs> thinking of yeah but uh so the the solution to to the to this traffic situation that you're you're proposing is just have people never leave their immediate area and just stay in the town they're born in essentially or uh, town they move to not even that that's kind of the taking it to the super extreme well, i'm just saying i'm just saying less than they do now that that's what i'm actually asking so I mean, how many people how many like have, you guys have been to, like you guys have been to new york you guys have been aware of like just parking on the street basically yeah the the number of people who have the crazy north jersey into new york driving commutes where the highways just pack I think yeah. that if we were able to, and God forbid, I'm not trying to give any sort of real solution here, but, you know, in a it-would-be-nice kind of way, if we had anything where people were, where, where people didn't have to do those commutes, where we didn't have to have as many people on the roads, where people had shorter commutes, then there would be fewer people on the roads in general. That's true. But how would that even happen? What do like you mean? that's a so like people commuting into New York is because you can't live in the city because some people just there isn't physical space for all of the people uh, in the New York metropolitan area that work there. Sure. So 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 I would I would argue then that New York has overgrown itself. I don't even know if I'd say that they can't live there with the current standard of living that we consider to be acceptable no i mean i mean like like there are millions more people than i think could actually live uh in that space unless you keep ratcheting up new york that's that's what i mean you you physically make it larger you make the apartments smaller you pack more people in not saying it's a good solution i see what you're saying i'm saying that it's been done in southeast asia a lot with current buildings you can't yes yeah (laughs) It could be yeah. done. I suppose if we had people living in tubes, it would be it would be feasible. Which is like kind of the okay. yes. uh, the far future Vonnegut um, absurd version of where your suggestion ends up. No, no, no. My my suggestion would be that New York is already overgrown. Oh, uh, I I would argue for more cities rather than fewer cities. And then they would have to be more specialized more self-sustaining uh so so they could be they could be i'm I'm, so self-sustaining i'm not trying to say this town has its blue jeans factory and it has its clocks factory like i'm not trying to argue that at all um i I didn't i didn't presume that you meant uh each each little city had zero trade between other ones because that that that's i'm proposing a city state style system uh we all build walls around the cities that's actually what i thought suggestion would might lead to so so I don't even know. Oh, God. So so here we're getting into implementation, which is far more specific. So not even not even the implementation. I'm I'm talking about implications. So let's talk like in my opinion, uh, as someone who happily hops on a bus, I think that Philly is a very public transitable city. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um which is weird since we only have two subway lines. Like Arguably, if you look at our subway map and you compare it to any pretty subway map, yeah, our subway is terrible. Well, yeah. Um, but overall, if I need to get from one part of the city to another, it's possible. 
Um, right. And, and so my general kind of hopeful future is one in which there is less driving, which is why I get upset at the Ubers and Lyfts of the world. Because I do think there's a time when an Uber, a Lyft, a taxi, whatever you want, is acceptable. But I think the ease of use in those companies right now leads us to not use our public transit system. And we're uh, back to your Hyperloop versus car thing, where because we have so many people who are doing individual trips, I think that it is, I think the ease of travel is making things worse in that case. I got away from what I was originally yeah, trying so to say. You actually I, seem I'm to have circled back into a adjacent position to what I have. No, no, no. That's because what I, no, no, from, from, from hearing it, it sounds as if that, so I'd like you to clarify. So, so to clarify, uh, I would like there to be places, I, I would like the idea of traveling far distances between cities to be something that you would do on special occasions, not something you would do as a daily commute. Okay, so it, I, I wasn't envisioning the Hyperloop as necessarily something one did as a daily commute, but a semi-regular thing still being feasible. So not, not as in a uh, commuter from New Jersey into New York as a work thing, but say the frequency with which I come into Philly. Okay. Right? So still happening on a rather regular basis, but it's not every day. It's like, you know, every week or so. So the person that lives in New York and has family in D.C. can still see them regularly. Um, because otherwise, if, if uh, it's difficult to go dif- uh, long distances, you just straight up don't see those people as much. And I feel that as one moves towards the future, uh, physical distance should be less of a, a factor in things. Okay. Uh, but you have something, Rob? You finished 17776? No. This is a, a okay. thing. Okay, no spoilers. No yeah, spoilers. yeah, I was also there. Uh, okay, but uh, the thing is, I, I fully feel that, like, public transit, like, yes, less people should be driving. It would be great if public transit within their areas was expanded to be the way that you did things, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess I that there was a miscommunication in the way I was envisioning the high-speed rail. It doesn't need to be the way that one does commutes. Um, it was It was more transportation being more feasible for long distances um even if it was just with normal trains like just like electric trains that even weren't that high speed it took you like full day to go from point to point uh just it being accessible and feasible would be great because uh cars have become the only way people actually get around for yeah. the most part yeah, yeah, yeah and that's not great <laughs> so i think i figured out what my thesis might have been coming into this conversation okay and when I phrase it in this way, it sounds like the opposite of how I envision it. Okay. Um, so my thesis coming into this was, I, I guess, kind of boiled down to the easier you make transportation, the more people are incentivized to travel. Sure. And then kind of uh, uh, going along with that, the more people travel, the more emissions... Not necessarily. Well, I mean, it, so, yes, so that's, but that's where that depends on the, the level math. of emission. Um, if if the increase in emissions is negligible, then it doesn't. That's yeah. that's where the that's where that unknown math comes in. Of okay, well, how many people are doing a are doing less of a less bad thing, and is the technological gain enough to justify that change? 
and I, I certainly don't mean to be the guy saying like, oh, we need to keep using horses. Like that's, that's not <laughs> that just at gets all. us to a different type of emissions. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe something, a way to interpret it is that it, if you're looking at it as a hub and spoke system in the far future, as a replacement for like airlines, it would allow long distance travel that really we don't have a good way to do a renewable resource right now with a renewable resource. If you have something like Hyperloop, which you could do all electric because you can have lines run everywhere versus planes where you need the high energy density of fossil fuels. Unless we somehow make uh, high density fusion plants or something. If only we invested all of the resources from the Hyperloop into some sort of battery. <laughs> I mean, it's not like Even he's still. not working on battery technologies. I know. No, no, I know, I know. Um, I that, say he is if Elon Musk is the only person at the company, and it's not he doesn't employ the greatest minds of our generation. That was a reductive joke. <laughs> uh, uh, he, he attempts to. Yes, I'll, yeah. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not necessarily the greatest minds do work there. That's just his intent. <clears throat> As... All companies that uh, that do a similar thing do. I imagine Google and uh, and other related companies do. I don't want to just keep listing companies. Uh, yeah, we went over the big five. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know necessarily if uh, I would I would say that like Microsoft and Apple desire to have the greatest minds. I would argue that Apple would probably try harder than Microsoft. <laughs> Knowing some of the people that I know that have been employed by Microsoft. I'm gonna think yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I feel that Apple might care less about having the the greatest minds uh, working there, like as in like I want all the greatest minds, as they might care to have the greatest minds, just like singular, like oh you're the best, we want you, just like we have a couple of them and that's all we need. Mm. Uh, so like at the highest levels they want them, but they don't care about all the rank and file necessarily. Um, I can't. I can't say I have enough of an impression to give an opinion. I, I feel. I feel that. it's probably the same way with uh, like Microsoft. I think that they don't need it as much, just because they they work mostly on like a marketing kind of thing. That's where a lot of their. I don't even know if they work on a marketing kind of thing. I think they work on an inertia kind of. Yeah, thing. I was gonna Microsoft say Microsoft and inertia. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft is inertia because they're just they just have been the the such. Uh, I mean, I. I feel that I, Apple's I biggest it, thing is just being really great at marketing their products. It's not even that their products are necessarily the best all the time. I'm not even sure if I'd argue that Apple's products are the best, but boy, do they try a lot of stuff. Like, that's, that's why they survived past Amazon for me, was just, they, like, they, God, I think it's a terrible idea to take the headphone port out of a phone. Like, boy, does anyone at Apple use their phone the way that I use my phone? Like, always headphones, always ears, always, all the time. But, like, maybe, like, if they take enough shots, they're going to take some in the right direction. I, I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time Microsoft took a shot. Microsoft, Microsoft made, okay, yeah. here we go. Microsoft made an OS, which is touch compatible, which is awesome. Right. The same OS works for your finger and your mouse. Correct. Um... They made the Surface, which is kind of just an extension of that same idea. Right. Um, I couldn't name anything else. The last, the most recent thing that I can think of is they 
have a large all-in-one Surface branded PC that's very much like graphic design based, trying to integrate yep. like drawing tablets, which I thought was a. There was some stuff in there that I haven't seen from other companies. No, absolutely. It was absolutely. relatively small peripheral stuff, but from Microsoft, even from the Microsoft of 10 years ago, I would never have expected that. I, I would agree with that fully. But these all feel like the last two years, the last three years. It's a recent change, yeah. Yeah. But uh so like when I'm thinking of like things like things Apple has tried, most of them aren't like large innovations the same way I'm thinking when I'm thinking of what like Amazon's trying these like crazy things like, hey, we'll have drone uh drone deliveries, which requires them to seriously develop technology that we've mostly just used for things that have support themselves, not drones that can be safe enough to be able to be even vaguely close to people and not murder them. And also be able to not murder a bunch of birds slash be murdered by birds uh right like apple's things are relatively small changes that they seem to be, have been trying for quite a while uh it's not that apple hasn't done like big things like they they, they were tablets like that's like a crazy idea I, right go you go the iphone exists right <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. But, okay, like imagine like... imagine imagine this world this sounds this sounds so stupid but like i feel like we're in some alternate timeline where like blackberries existed and then like our world aliens accidentally dropped a smartphone here. But <laughs> like, what about the the, and, the 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 original Android phone came out before the iPhone? Was it The I, one I came like out I, like a full couple of years before, I think. I feel like I did yeah, not but... know about I knew so much more about iPhones but... up through like the fourth iPhone like 4 years before I ever knew about anyone using Android. Right, but that's not because necessarily that the iPhone was better than Android. It's that they did a really, really great job marketing it. But also, like, Android pre-iPhone was a BlackBerry competitor. It was designed like BlackBerry. And then, as soon as iOS came out, they completely pivoted and, like, sprinted to make their next version as much like iOS as they could. It... it I, Android pre-iPhone was not Android as we think of it from That's like the true. start of the Droid. It was completely different. Yeah, I'm not arguing that... Uh, but uh, but the argument that uh, Apple invented the smartphone isn't true. Um, no, but I, I think that they shaped the way that we use it today. I'm not saying that they didn't, right? My, but my point being that their greatest successes are largely a marketing thing. The reason that like they did better than other thing is... But a lot was, of the time, what was the iPhone before the iPhone? What do, do you, you mean? Um, if Rob is saying that the that Android took a huge sprinting pivot, you can't sprint and pivot. But if they did that, <laughs> pivot and sprint. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of difficult to argue that like that wouldn't have occurred because icon based, uh, like like a visual thing came from Xerox originally, like the icons on a screen file system sort of thing um if you want a whole history of this i have it up and i'll send it to you uh, yeah you should send that to me for future reference yes and for show notes Ooh, fun. Uh, found at uh www.friendiagram.com slash five <laughs> <laughs> okay maybe that's the um, right number we'll see right but it's so i'm not saying that like they haven't have bit haven't ha i'm not saying like the iphone wasn't like a big like jump i'm not gonna find like the ipad isn't also a jump right the the number of big jumps they've had uh isn't massive the, the like the specific ones are 
but that doesn't require you to have all of your rank and file being the greatest minds. Just you having a few really, really, really great minds. Right. The person that came up with the idea oh, and figured yeah, yeah, yeah. it out, right? I was That's I was so more wild. going back to the I was going back more to the who who do we feel innovates more these days? Of of Microsoft versus Apple. Oh, I I I would have no argument on Microsoft versus Apple. Okay. Like, Apple definitely does more than Microsoft. Yeah. Um but I was talking Apple Microsoft <laughs> Apple and Microsoft versus Amazon, Google. Um I don't know if I'm sold on Apple innovates more than Microsoft. I would say it has innovated more. It has. I, I think it depends. I think more. it depends so heavily on what time scale you look at. I think if you look at one to three years, then you could argue for a tie. Well, especially because they haven't released like new Macs in like four years. That that's the it's, thing. Yeah, if I were to take argue on a like a current situation thing, because a lot of that is sort of up in the air. I guess so. But like, if I were to take like a derivative that represents their innovation. Like, it's hard to explain, but, like, with the amount they've progressed is, like, the slope of the function of progress over time is, let's say, innovation. Sure. I feel like Microsoft's is greater than Apple's at the moment. Whether or not yeah, they're, it's going to continue or if they're going to surpass, I don't know. That's the whole argument of 1, 3, 5, 10, 15 years. Time scales are important for this question. Yeah. Um, In my head, I keep thinking on the decade. I I, I would have no... I, I, I wouldn't have any argument between Apple and Microsoft, really. But I, I think that the difference between those and the innovations tried by the other of the big five is almost an order of magnitude. Uh, just, yeah. I guess... We, we, were, we were addressing different uh, dichotomies. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I was like, I, was like I, I don't even know how you're trying to argue this. <laughs> I was thinking like all the things Google tries, they try to like a ton of terrible things. Like Google Glass is just not a good idea. Um, Man, I, I've been. Uh, this is so dumb. I'm going on vacation next week, right? Yeah. Um, I was really considering getting some spectacles, which are the Snapchat glasses. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Where you press <laughs> it and it takes a 10 second video. It's so stupid. Yes. I have no need for it. Thoroughly. But, like, it seemed like it would be fun on a vacation to be able to give them to different people. Yeah. Like, just have it be a thing you would, like, pass around over the course of a week. Yes. It's, it seemed like it would be fun. but I think it would also be fun if you had sort of, like, a relay system. So if you had, like, a group of friends that were together sort of going around the world, like, individually. Like, oh, I'm going to go visit you here, and you're happening to visit that location. And oh, I see what you're could saying. Could go around. That would be fun. Because then... Okay, but... uh. How did we get to that innovation? Thing? Oh, just what we you're talking. Oh, right, Tesla. My, my, basically. Yeah. I'm hoping for. My ultimate hope would be for a world in which transportation is easier, but we need to do it less, and we choose to do it less. I don't. I don't think I would like a world where people choose to travel less. Um. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the distinction between travel and commute. I'm right, gonna say yes. commute. Yes, as in I would agree a with routine. that. All right. Right, that's that's what I, I was going to go with the like the want to tra- like the, the choose to travel would be the like going to places on okay. say a vacation of John. Yeah, I'm fine with uh, that. Need to travel being the commute. That's what I that was the want slash need. You know the the thing I do with uh, JG Wentworth. Dot com. Um. Oh, it's not. Oh no, it's my friend Glenn that I keep having this thing with. Um, every time there's like a JG Wentworth commercial on, he keeps talking about how there's such a scam. And I say, they're not lying to you. They say, if you have a settlement and you need cash now, call them. 
They're not saying when you want it. If you really need that cash, they're a great option because you get some of that money that you need right now. Which is the times that they are worth using. Otherwise, they're really, really ripping people off. Um, I had one last thing on the... Oh, just on, on Hyperloop V-Plane, right? V-Plane. Um, I'm not, not sure which of those... Uh, you know, in this conversation that's come up a couple times, I'm not sure which of those is, quote, greener, end quote. Um, because a, I think a plane needs a lot less infrastructure. Does it? I mean, yeah. it would require us to add less infrastructure, I guess. But, but like, add planes and maintain. Aren't... Once you add, you got to maintain. Right. That's, that's my ship background right here. True. Right? Like, I see how poorly people maintain things. I know the pain of people not maintaining things. Like, I, I was, I was going to add, it was like, well, the maintenance wouldn't be that terrible if it was continued. Like, no, this is people. People aren't going to maintain it properly. Yeah. Especially if it's underground, that would be quite difficult. Uh, so that's a good point. Yes. End of conversation. Good point, Ian. Boom. Bing. Bing. Level up. I guess uh, it would be less. But the thing is that you do need some infrastructure to get the people to the airports. Right, right. Right, right. And uh, if that infrastructure happened to be hyperloops or some manner of highly developed rails, that's even just like a hybrid of the two points we just made. So that's great. <laughs> Everybody wins. Great, yeah. Doot, so, doot. <laughs> yeah, it'd be really dumb. If it's like, oh, great. Now, like, planes are our primary thing, but the only way we can properly get there is with cars. Then we just we don't even solve any issues. Hyperloop to a spaceport, which all has recoverable first stage rockets. Yes, great. Uh, as long as they don't let the TSA be there, I'll be happy. I just hope the spaceport is Pizza Planet, because <laughs> <laughs> that's the best spaceport that I'm aware of. Oh, God. Um, can we talk about a number real quick? What number? Uh, 25 and a half miles per hour. I saw that and was quite curious. Yeah, I'm interested. Well, I mean, if I put the whole thing, it would ruin the conversation. I, exactly, yeah. That, that's hence the curiosity. Can we start talking just 25 and a half miles per hour? Does that mean... What, can, we, can we get some numbers on there? I think like? some comparisons. I think the fastest I've ever biked was maybe 22 or 23 miles an hour. Um... Uh, so, okay. which was down a pretty sizable hill, which uh, adrenaline kicked in when I realized it was also a little bit of a highway entrance or exit ramp. <laughs> um, I came into a hill booking it once, and I don't know if my speedometer was calibrated incorrectly, but it clocked me at 43. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that I don't know if it was just due to a uh, like a glitch on the like the little like ride computer thing I had on my on my bike, but... I got clocked at like 30 something uh, once when I was like really, really booking it and went down a pretty steep hill. Um, I don't, I, I feel like I would have felt pain probably just from like dust hitting me in the face at that kind of speed. Um, so I, I, I suspected there was probably some sort of glitch, but I don't know. I think you would have. I bombing a black in Tahoe. This is um, exactly what I was about to ask. I hit 47. And I had GPS going, so I know it was accurate. Okay. Uh, I'm but, pretty confident it was accurate. So, was there any like snow or anything hitting you while you're going down? Um, no, and not that anything that wasn't like kicked off a lift or kicked up by someone in front of me. But I mean, did you feel anything hitting you? No, not really. So that's the thing. Like, I was definitely being hit in the face with some dust. Like, I could tell that there was like 
it was like dust or like maybe like fragments of leaves or something no i didn't feel um, anything no, no, i mean me. like me yeah i'm saying like that definitely did happen it didn't really hurt so i suspect i don't think i was going 30 something i might have been going like 20 something difficult to say um but i felt i, I feel like it, it like the the 30 plus range it would probably hurt being hit in the face with like dust and things i don't know i don't have any good measures and like i've ever been riding a motorcycle that fast so yeah i'll let you know once i finally buy a motorcycle <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh so phobos is one of the two moons of mars it right is the larger it's the other of, one that's not deimos it is the larger of the two moons and it is heavily cratered and appears to have grooves and streaks of materials along its sides the escape velocity of Phobos, which is the amount of energy you need to leave from the surface and get into space where you are now escaping the planet's gravity, is 25 and a half miles per hour. So, not even a crazy ba- uh, baseball pitch. No. Just, <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> some just like sort I think of, a lot of people are very capable of doing. Some sort of very large baseball man. Maybe, maybe some sort of, uh, uh, what's the one? CrossFit? Some sort of CrossFit man could throw you off Phobos. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were gonna say like like could throw a ba- baseball. I was like most people could probably throw a baseball easily <laughs> into the thirty mile an hour range. I mean, a a good pitcher could just throw it to Mars. Could they? Probably, if they threw it at the right um... from Phobos, not from here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if they threw it at the right part of um, I don't know how exactly they rotate relative oh, to yeah, each other. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I guess, I guess. Uh, Maybe not first try, but they could walk their shots a bit and definitely do it. Well, no, all they have to do is basically make it break. Um, so if you you think of the two just as the typical uh, model of them on sheets, if they just throw it up enough to get out of the well of Phobos, it's in Mars. They're not going to escape Mars's gravity. I suppose I'm I'm not thinking of a of the ball will definitely hit Mars as much as like it getting there on a quite direct path. Oh, no, I'm thinking, like, they throw it as assuming that they throw it on the side where Phobos is rotating against its orbit, throw it backwards against its orbit so that it's basically countering its momentum that it has from Phobos, cancels that, and then essentially falls into Mars's atmosphere and arrow breaks around until it hits the ground. Or just burns up because it still has enough of an atmosphere to do that. Hmm. Uh, some some other things that I was thinking about was just the idea that you could set up like a a bike with like a ratcheted weight system, and you could just lift a weight into the air. <laughs> that, you know, some sort of large counterweight. You just hop on a bike for like a minute, minute and a half, and then get off and let go of the weight, and all that <laughs> all that energy would just catapult you into the air. You could into space. you could be a space elevator there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I feel certain that I've definitely seen things that have dropped at greater than that speed. Oh, the, the oh, gravity yeah. is, like, very, very small there. Yeah. Uh, it would yeah. be a long wait. Uh, I mean, you could probably have some sort of powered thing, like, pulling or pushing that. I mean, it doesn't seem But like at that a, point, why not just, like, have jet our... Jetpacks, yeah. I think, would be pretty easy, come to think of it. My last idea was just a giant slingshot. <laughs> oh, I think that's the best because it's the cartoon answer. Yeah, but it's also the Red Bull answer, where they would have someone slingshot themselves off and on to Mars. Like suddenly they're skydiving. Uh, in the in, in the uh, possible future where we have terraformed Mars, 
That's definitely a thing that would occur. Yeah. It would be the super skydiving of being catapulted from Phobos. I can't think of a pun on base jumping. Oh, moon base jumping. Damn it. Yeah, why didn't you? (laughs) Oh, man. If only I had the power to uh, edit that out. (laughs) Moon base jumping. Ha, 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 ha. What a good joke you came up with on your first pass. Wow. (laughs) This is friend diagram, a joke. uh, (laughs) This is a friend diagram, a podcast where he makes jokes. It's good. I think we've only awarded one point in this entire show. What was that? I think we've only awarded one point in this entire show. Ian awarded it to himself earlier in this episode. No, I ordered it to... I uh, I gave it to Ian. I said... Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, after that, I gave myself 600 points. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, your, point, your point open. was a nice gesture. I voted for myself 5 million times in that point round there. <laughs> Robbie McBoatface. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, now that we've eliminated uh, Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, I'm going to take over everything and vote for myself 17 billion times. There were, the, the, that whole thing occurred, and uh, there was no, there was a suggestion that was just the word boat, but nobody <laughs> made the suggestion ship for a ship. Like, <laughs> uh, and they named it, well, I think it was David Attenborough, right? Is the one that they eventually so. called it. Yeah. yeah. And they named uh, one of the, the outboard vessels Boaty McBoatface. Um, and then it became a, uh, an internet campaign for Dave Nadborough to change his name to Boaty McBoatface. <laughs> <laughs> um, in, the interest, in the interest of the fact that we're over two hours in, I'm going to start driving towards a required part of this, which is, hey, Rob, what are you wearing? Today I'm wearing a shirt from Philmont Scout Ranch. And a belt from Philmont Scout Ranch. And a pair of gray khaki shorts, which are not from Philmont Scout Ranch. And a pair of flip-flops, like I have been for, I don't know how many episodes. Yeah, uh, my shoes, you've been wearing, we've talked about Philmont quite a bit, so I think we can cruise through there. You don't need to talk about that anymore. I'm wearing these same Sanooks, which are just worse and worse by the day. Um, (laughs) Marissa was telling me the other day that I should just get rid of these at this point. And she is maybe right. I'm not going to say probably right, but she's maybe right. Um, she's like, you're going to step on something on the street. But they are, all, they are still certifiably more safe than flip-flops. I'll accept that argument. Yeah. So as long as, as, long as like, people wear flip-flops, I'm okay wearing these Sanooks that I can stick three to four fingers through the toll. You want a bad argument for that? Yeah, sure. One time I walked back from um, Stratton without any shoes on i'm okay yeah there so we go. there you go there was that time i walked barefoot into uh the the place that has uh carrito that, <laughs> that thing under the uh the, the kelly deli but i don't remember the actual name for it is i think you're thinking of north side north side that's the name dining of it. terrace yeah i mean it was the kelly deli the thing under kelly uh yeah that and then they didn't let me stay there rude it was also when it was snowing, so it was sort of stupid. Um, uh, there was also that Malcolm Gladwell piece, and that was anecdotal, and now I believe it. <laughs> Changed my life oh, view. But on the uh, on the thing, of sometimes it doesn't matter what you're wearing on your feet. There was that time freshman year when I like stepped on like a bone that was just like pointy and sticking up on the street for no reason. Well, we do live in the Middle Ages. <laughs> yeah, of course. It was 
that was weird. Like, I was just, like, walking down the street, and then I was like, ah, God. Uh, I think I was walking with, like, Nick and Onish, and they were wondering what happened. I was like, I don't know. And I just, like, turned up my foot, and there was just this, like, bone sticking out of my out of my shoe. And my first thought was, oh, God, what happened? How did I get this compound <laughs> fracture through the bottom uh. of the shoe? Yeah, it took me it, it 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 took me an embarrassingly long number of milliseconds to realize that that was not what had occurred. <laughs> um, yeah, I have no response there. Yeah, there's no response one can have to that. It's just it's just sometimes things oh like that and like nails things exist on the street for no reason that would go through any manner of footwear yeah, that wasn't armor. So hopefully these shoes are fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like my main comfortable shoes and I don't sweat that much in them right now, which is nice because of how fucking terrible it is outside. I don't know how you manage that. What? Not sweating in them. Uh, it's. I think I just sweat in them a lot at first and then my feet got used to them. But at first I felt I actually really hated. Uh, so, you know, uh, this is episode five. <laughs> and so... Um, I've probably talked about the Sanooks five times by now. Uh, basically, they're like if you had the bottom of sandals and then you put like a very loose covering of cloth on top. They're the first shoes I've ever had that you wear without socks, or at least I wear them without socks. And as someone with smelly hobbit feet, um, this was not something that I took to very well. As a man that's lived with Ian, I can attest they are quite smelly. Yeah. Ugh. Um... As me, I can attest. <laughs> Still, I will routinely like go to go to bed and be like, oh, I got to go wash my feet. <laughs> I did shower today twice, but still need to wash my feet again because they were that bad. Um, yeah, uh, it took me a while to get used to them, but uh, they are very comfortable. And even like biking around in them, I don't, they I don't really get biking. sweaty in them. They are good biking shoes. Um, then I got these red shorts and an iBike PHL, uh, shirt? I guess just it Bike Circle Coalition shirt. It's a nice light blue. Uh, no real story there. I got that when I was volunteering for Bike to Work Day a few years ago. Gave me a free shirt. And then just a pink headband, which was on my bike and got rained on today and now is all wrinkly for it. Hmm. Uh, Arvin, what what you wearing, boy? Uh, well, let's see. Going from the the top down, I've got the the medallion thing I normally wear. Uh, to to listeners who obviously can't see me, uh, for the past seven years, I've been wearing a hard drive magnet with a key on it. The current key is actually uh to the is, is the original key to the lock that Ian and I had on our freshman year dorm. Oh yeah, that's 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 how I know this boy. Yeah, I'm his freshman year roommate. Uh, I still sometimes skip the first couple like parts, so I just say that he, uh, Ian's my roommate, and then have to correct myself when talking to people. Uh, and then my shirt is a pseudo vintage Spider Man shirt, uh, which I wish I had worn a different one because Spider Man's by no means my favorite character. I think it, it's a little silly. I keep wearing uh, like a like a teenage idol, like he's like puberty, as I say all the time. Do you still? Um... Have you seen this new Spider-Man? I did, yeah. What'd you... No, I mean, spoiler-free, but what'd you think? Uh, so, other than the fact that Marissa Tomei is Aunt May, which is weird, she's way too young to be portraying a person that in canon is supposed to be kind of old. Like, 
I guess it's it, it seems sort of weird that's like that kept sticking for him like and they were they weren't treating her like she was supposed to be like the old aunt she was she was being hit on multiple times in the movie so she was still supposed to be Marissa Tomei it's weird um but no I liked it overall uh like my my biggest issues with it were rather insubstantial like at the end of the movie uh spoilers no we just said no spoilers <laughs> Like no, no no like at the like there was uh there was a moment that I had an issue with, but like not I'm not gonna d- detail what it was, but just like I was like uh I think that could have been done better, but uh m- overall I really enjoyed most of the the things. They didn't do anything that I thought was like a poor choice, um, but I I liked it a lot better than the Andrew Garfield movies, which I felt weren't bad, but they weren't those good. Were, those were the two thousands ones. No. no, those are the like. The, ones the Amazing Spider-Man? Yeah, the ones that had uh, Gwen Stacy. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Emma Stone is Gwen Stacy. The ones that came Stacey. out while we were in college? Yes. yes. Okay. A couple of years ago. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Um, which, it's not that they were bad, but they were rather just unnotable. They were okay. Uh, the best part was just the fact that I got to see uh, like Emma Stone as a character in Spider-Man, and I just like her as an actress. I've, I thought the best part for you would have just been the fact that he had the web spinner external to his wrist. Oh, that was... That was a part that I'm very glad they did, but it wasn't like it was mostly like unnotable movies. I bet if they hadn't done that, I would have been actually annoyed at the movie. That's the bit that was the worst for me that for the Tobey Maguire movies for me. Like, and the fact that they then made that canon in the comics was stupid because they did it through this like weird convoluted thing of like uh, Peter Parker gets turned into a spider and gives birth to himself. So he then naturally makes the the webs naturally. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, preternaturally, I guess. But anyway, yeah, that was just. Ugh. You, I'm sure you made a funny joke there. I just don't know what that word means. So, <laughs> uh, so like preternaturally, no, 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 you don't. A, have, you don't have to explain. Okay, fine. Um, I, I feel like most of your shirts these days are, uh, comic book based. I mean, or at least the ones that you wear when you come to the city. I mean, most of my shirts just are comic book based and have been. Um, it's just sort of my, my brand. Uh, my brand. My brand. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I enjoy wear, wearing like you know comic book and vaguely geeky shirts. It's just a thing. Um, it would have been great if I was wearing what I was wearing uh, yesterday to to D and D, which was the the chaotic new uh, good shirt. It's just my it's one of my favorites. Uh, but yeah, so it's comic book shirt, jeans, shoes, sneakers. Mostly. What I mean, as long as you just describe things by the the noun that they are, this topic gets a lot yeah. more boring. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like they're just really basic jeans and yeah. like a pair of Skechers, I think. Yeah, and uh, can confirm they are Skechers. Thank you. Um, and and the the watch I wear on most occasions, which is this uh, solar powered Citizen with a ti- titanium band, which I really enjoy because I like titanium. I think it's cool. I think that would be a fun, like, background poster in a Terminator movie. What, Titanium is fun? No, 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 just uh, solar, solar-powered solar citizen <laughs> and the Titanium <laughs> like a Like a Jay Leno future. Oh, yeah, I would, I, would, I would love that a lot, actually. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, again, I could have been wearing the watch I was wearing yesterday, which is my, my, uh, my nice Omega, but whatever, because it was related to moons. How? Uh, Omegas are well, not like the first watch to go into space, but uh, they are the watch that was on the like space team. Okay. Uh, when Americans sent us uh, sent up astronauts, they 
they sent out like information being like, hey, watchmakers, we want one of you to make the best watch you can. Uh, the finalists, I think, were like Casio, uh, Omega, and maybe like Rolex, uh, and Omega one, uh, because they, they made, you know, a pretty solid watch. Uh, it's hand wound because obviously you can't have an automatic watch in space. Uh, can we go into how obvious that is? Uh, you, you kind of lose a lot of the gravity you need for a, uh, a weight that would, uh, that would wind the mainspring for the watch. Why not just have a battery that would last for like two weeks? Or however long you go to space. I'm not educated. Uh, because they didn't really have good quartz watches in the 60s. They. Oh, yeah. okay. So in the 60s, mechanical like watches the original, were the only well, yeah, the, the only The only watches you had were mechanical watches. Okay. Um, and I don't know for That's one of the... If you look on the IMDb section uh, for the moon landing that they faked, that's one of the <laughs> goofs is that they're actually wearing electronic Awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't, I don't know for a fact that the automatic watches existed in uh in in the 60s but i feel that technology did exist to make them they just might not have uh they might just like not have gone in and done that um so it was it's hand wound uh it the, the one i have is actually a replica of the one not sent on the apollo 11 but uh one of the apollo missions um like it's a uh, very very similar to the original one uh, omega no longer has the rights to the original caliber but this is an almost copy uh but instead of it being like a gold plated mechanism it's rhodium but not that it really matters you can't see the mechanism on the inside anyway but i like it because i think it looks cool it's blue and white and it's that's got that neat story with it yeah of uh of the background of of a uh, u.s space travel so how many how many shirts um right, let's let's go two categories so categories. so a how many graphic, how many T-shirts do you have, and then B, how many button-down shirts do you have? And we'll discount. We're not even going to count suits and stuff in this count. In this count. Uh, just to clarify, you want? Do you want button-up or button-down? Because button-down refers to the collar. Uh, button-up is the one you probably meant. Oh, yeah, like a okay, dress shirt. So, so here's the thing. I would always. I used to say go down, as in, um. I'm going to go down to the store. I'm going to go down to Maine. Right. And then people would always get upset. They'd be like, no, you go up to Maine. That's north. And it's yeah. like, fuck. Like, well, it's not that I actually have an issue with it. I just wanted, I just wanted to clarify. Uh, so can you ask me one more time? What yeah. was the difference? So between did you, did you want up? like, just like how many like normal dress shirts do I have? Or how many of like the casual polos that might have a button-down collar might i have so i'm trying to get a i'm trying to get an idea of the the general amount of clothes that you own right in terms of shirts that do have buttons and shirts that don't have buttons okay so just just with relation to buttoning yeah um so i'd say i've got maybe we'll say like 30 t-shirts okay that feels about right maybe more probably more um and i'd estimate like 10 to 15 somewhere in that range of like shirts that are buttoned uh more if you count like not shirts that one would wear on like a normal occasion but like sort of like vague indian formal wear but uh, i'm yeah. explicitly trying to discount stuff like that yeah it's it's not something i would wear on it's not even like formal wear it's just like indian clothes that i don't no, but it's the same as it's the same as like a suit coat where you're not right. going to wear this unless it is a thing where this is the only thing you can wear yeah 
Right. Uh, and yeah, no, like not counting in like sweaters or other things that I might wear, I like just sort of counting it as a shirt. But yeah, I'd, I'd say that that feels like a good estimate. And I'd say of those, uh, I think I said like 30, 40. Yeah. yeah. So like 30 shirts, we'll say almost all of them are graphic. Yeah, you know what? I, let's go with like 40. I'd say like maybe, I, I'd say I have definitely like 30 graphic tees. Okay. Um, And maybe like 10 that are either like a plain shirt or have just like, uh, it's just like a pretty much plain shirt with like a pocket on it or not any specific design, but just like stitching things. Yeah. I think we have some real-time follow-up right here. Ooh. Uh, I have exact numbers that I just went and counted for my clothes. <laughs> we, um, we record at Rob's house, by yeah. the way. Yeah, so this uh, very extensive research was conducted uh, 10 feet away from my chair. Did you count laundry? I did, actually. Ah, yes. Smart, smart fella. Uh, I did my laundry yesterday, so it's a grand total of one shirt in my hamper. <laughs> um quite a grand total i have 42 t-shirts and 21 uh what we're counting as like other button-down shirts so exactly half i did not count graphic tees i think that i'm probably in the range of like 50 something t-shirts because basically anytime i see a band if they have a t-shirt that i don't hate i will buy that shirt and then uh, i'm gonna subdivide here let's say i have uh, 20, 15 to 20, like, nice-ish button-downs, uh, and then about a dozen Hawaiian shirts, <laughs> which, I, which I think need to be counted a little separately from normal button-downs. Do they, though? I think you'd wear them on the same occasions. So I wear Hawaiian shirts on Fridays. So that is that's a small distinction. And my job on Friday, I usually just wore my, uh, my give shirt I got from the Drexler Red Cross. Uh, why is that I on have Fridays? Um, so, what? Oh, you probably do, too, actually. What? A Drexel Gives shirt from... I actually never got one, then. Oh, really? Yeah. And then um, I I donated so many shirts I got from Drexel. Um, at this point, I, I do think that maybe half my shirts are band shirts, as far as t-shirts go. At least... <laughs> At least seven of them are World is a Beautiful Play shirts. So that's, a, that's an easy starting point. So actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I almost definitely underestimated the number of t-shirts I have. Because okay. thinking back, like, I remember there was an occasion at Drexel when I, uh. when I like, just didn't do laundry for almost two months. Uh, and I was definitely wearing a different shirt each day. So... <laughs> I think I have to have underestimated the number of t-shirts that I own. But uh, anyway. If you want, like, a reference, those two, uh, not the top drawers, but the next drawer is down. Uh, that and the shirt on me is 42. I'm going to go to around 60 shirts I own. <laughs> uh, a bunch of which I'm, I'm probably going to donate because I have a lot of shirts. Um, uh, in, in fact, my mom is like, you have too many shirts, and I've seen some of these for too many years, so you should donate some of them. I was like, that's a good idea. Uh, but uh, So the reason I wear the Give shirt on Fridays is that, not that it's specific, but um, so in the ER on Fridays, there's like a theme. It's, it's almost like a theme day, and we're allowed to, instead of wearing the normal scrub top, wear a t-shirt. Um, and that, that shirt just fits into so many of the categories. It's the one I wear so, I've worn so many times and I've worked on a Friday. 
what are, what are some categories that fits into? Uh, so if there's ever something like America themed, it's red. So it, it counts in for the red, white, and blue. Um, You're so one third of the way there. Yeah, it's great. Um, there was uh, there was a time when it was supposed to be like uh, military related, and the give is in the same format as like the Mash logo. So it was hey, look at this fun way for me to sort of reference that. And also, Red Cross is vaguely related to uh, like a disaster effort thing that might be at a war zone. Um, there have been all, uh, another couple times when it was sort of a bit of a stretch uh, for me to make <laughs> it. The, first, the yeah. first two were just like, oh, yes. <laughs> Red, white, and blue. That's not a stretch. But it's, it's one of the colors. I mean, it's red. No, that's specifically know. part of the thing, though. It's not even like... Uh, like sometimes it's like you're supposed to wear something like actually specifically like America related, and sometimes it's just like red, white, and blue day. Uh, or there was like Patriotism Day, which was also mm. just wearing something that references America in some fashion. And then we had uh, uh, there was oh uh, last year there was a Country Day when we were clearly just wear a color. It's probably no, 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 in no, no, one no. of the So flags. it was it was meant to be like you dress up in some way to reference like country music. But the thing I wanted to do was go buy just a flag of a foreign country and wear that. Because that was not the intent of it. But I thought it would be funny. You should have let me know. I have a Georgian flag. I had very little notice for it. I I found out about the... Like, I only noticed it on the sign on Thursday uh, when I was working. And I was also going to be working there on Friday. So I was like, okay, it's cool. I'm just going to, like, go to the mall and try to find, uh, find a shirt. Turned out, like, it was also in, like, the middle of October. Uh, it was really difficult to find any shirt that had any flag on it, even, like, the American flag. The closest I got was a shirt that said Italian Stallion on an Italian flag. And I was like, that's not appropriate for me to wear at work, so I can't do that. Or so, is that the best shirt that you've never bought? I was <laughs> so tempted to buy that shirt, but <laughs> there was no time when I would ever, ever wear that. Yeah. Well, okay, so so here we go. So I I, like, want there to be... For myself, this archive that I can just put shirts into and say, like, okay, I have no interest. I don't think I will wear the shirt that often, but I do not want to get rid of this shirt from my first climbing competition. Like, stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely... So I have a couple shirts of, like, sentimental value that I keep in a drawer, but... I still I still wear them. They're still in the rotation. It's just... I, uh... I, because, you know, it's been so many years... Oh, here comes Rob with his good idea. There is a website that you ship them a whole bunch of t-shirts, and they'll turn it into like a little fleece blanket kind of deal. I have one that's uh, twin-sized, yes, I think. Uh, that looks anyway. roughly twin-sized to me. So they don't stay as t-shirts, but they stay as something slightly more useful, um, and you get to display them in a more compact format. Don't know how you feel about it. But that's the thing you can do. I think it's one of those things where it's a better. I, I wore that one. I wore that Crux shirt earlier today. Yeah. So, I didn't. so for me, uh, the, <laughs> the the shirts I, I've put into this sort of uh, like drawer of I'm keeping this for sentimental value is there's a few shirts that are just too small for me uh, because I had them as a child or uh, they're just they've like gotten a bunch of holes so I can't wear them anymore or in one case it's because it uh, so. In senior year of high school, there was, like, the, the day when you were supposed to wear, like, the shirt of the college you were going to. Uh, but I didn't want to go spend a bunch of money on a Drexel shirt because they were, like, $25, $30 for not even, like, a very cool-looking shirt. It was just the Drexel logo on it. Um, 
and I had previously for some other idea I can't recall bought uh, like uh, like paper that you could print out an iron on pattern onto mm-hmm. uh, so I just made a, a shirt that said like Drexel University uh, biomedical engineering and then underneath it had my name on it uh, and I'm not great at, at, uh, at, at doing those iron on patches so it like the edge of it was sort of peeling by the end of that day looked a little patchy <laughs> Yeah, uh, so that that shirt I only wore a few times. I wore it for that one day, and then I also wore it at my graduation party because I thought that would be fun. Um, and so for, for that time, like not everyone looked very carefully. Um, it was it was enough that I noticed. I I could notice the corner was slightly peeled, um, and I know that if I kept wearing it, it would definitely get ruined. But I like that that shirt exists because uh, because a lot of people thought that was a shirt I got. Like that there was a Drexel Biomedical Engineering shirt, and that. I was able to get my name put specifically on it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to keep this shirt around because it exists. It's like a sports jersey. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, I should have made another one to put on the back. I didn't yeah. think of jerseys. Ugh, that, that's what I get for not being a sports guy. <laughs> I'm a different type of statistic. Not even an esports guy. Oof. You're just in this middle ground. Yeah, I'm, I'm a different type of nerd. I'm not that into statistics. Oh, yeah. Base- like That definitely seems like a certain type of baseball person. Well, I mean, like most sports nerds are some variety of like uh, of nerd. They just sometimes don't label themselves in that fashion. Uh, so so the the whole thing I was or, driving or geek, at... I guess. But the uh, we're not getting to the geek versus nerd thing. No, not today. That's yeah. a we we need three other hours for that. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, so the whole thing that I was driving towards though was I had to uh select out a a small maybe like. 15% of my clothing uh, to move in with Marissa for this intermediate period before we move into our place instead of me moving into her place. Right. And it really feels like I could get by with just this much clothing. And I'm I'm just like, what's the other 85% for? Um, but at the same time, I could not tell you which of those shirts, Big Five style, I would want to lose first. Yeah, so, that, so I have the feeling about a bunch of my clothing uh, that... It's not even that I like. I know I don't need as many shirts as I have, but there's not but any specific. Them. Right? Yeah, I I like them. It's not that I'm I'm not gonna wear them. I wear a lot of them. Yep. Uh, in fact, the the I wear less of them now than I did in college because the laundry gets done more, which is the only reason. Yeah. No, uh, no. In college, I didn't do my laundry very often because I didn't have to. I would do laundry when I was running out of shirts, and that was it. So all of my shirts were always in rotation. Now my shirts are less often in rotation. And uh, so I, I wear the same shirts a lot. And it's usually just the same ones that are sitting on top of a pile because that's my modus operandi and how I pick my clothing. I just pick out of the pile. So I, I uh, these last two years at, Beep. I, uh, these last two years at my last apartment, I put up these two like clotheslines in my room parallel to the side wall. And I hung my shirts on those, as you guys have seen. Right. And it was great because it, rather than having the problem of like a drawer of shirts where you have access to three shirts, Mm -hmm. I had access to all of my shirts. It was, it was the same as if every shirt was hung in a closet, um, where I, I had the freedom to choose every day between all of my clothing. It's a very nice system. It was, it was awesome. Um, I don't think I'll have that again, but I have a different system that could work okay so normally is it a large basket uh no (laughs) it is a pile in your backyard under some leaves oh um it's not that either (laughs) um you had me going (laughs) 
It's layered <laughs> upon your ceiling. I might ignore everything you're about to say and just think about my leaf pile. <laughs> it's your house now. Um, so instead of just... Instead of just... I'm glad that Rob's using so many visual aids for this podcast. Yes, yeah. It's, uh, it's great for us and terrible for you, listener. Rob says we'll fix it in post. <laughs> Normally you would put your shirt in a drawer um, <laughs> folded with the sleeves in and then maybe in thirds along the backside. And That's then... kind of how I do it. Are you about to suggest to me some rolling bullshit? No, no, not rolling bullshit. And then you would fold the shirt in length in roughly a third and then just kind of place it in a drawer. But if you fold it in oh, half I see what that, you're saying. it's about the height of a drawer, so you can just stick it in, and then you have access to everything, and it's not stacked on top of it. So I have my shirts organized. Yeah, so I got, I got that suggestion once, and, uh, but the reason I was told it was for space, and I was like, well, that's some bullshit, because I can do... Yeah, yeah no, but like, yes, yeah, so you doing it for, for the ability to get them all is way better. So I was told like, oh, no, it's so more space efficient. I was like, no, you know, it's way more space efficient than that. Me leaving in the goddamn laundry bag, taking it out when I want it, <laughs> and then done. Because all that takes up is the tiny corner of my room. Yep. Nope. It's not. I don't even think it's as space efficient as the other way, but I can see every shirt that I want and I can get to it without moving anything else. Yes, that's uh, that's a pretty good system. Uh, I'm probably going to stay with, I'm probably, when, I, when I'm at med school, go back to my old system of laundry bag, pull things out, because I don't care how wrinkled my clothing is. It's fun. Uh, and then I will just always Don't let Big clothes. Wrinkle get you down. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to sell you on dryers and irons. Well, that, but that's the thing, right? Like, I've, uh, the, the only downside to, after you're doing laundry, keeping the laundry in a, just a random loose bag is that you don't have like you will have wrinkled clothing and you take slightly longer for you to find things sometimes like if you cared about specific shirts it would matter but just guy that will grab first t-shirt and like under where he finds in his drawer uh it's the same thing pretty much uh the other downside is that uh you know if you're a person that actually enjoys folding uh then you don't get to do that but you know it depends on the person I can understand a repetitive task being soothing. Folding takes like 10 minutes, and then I get to keep my t-shirt drawer organized by color, which I enjoy. Right, yeah, because oh, you're, except, you're, you're a person that wants to pick a shirt. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I do, but then I always end up picking the same shirts. It's <laughs> one quarter. It's not even a quarter of the shirts. Rob, that is one I of the downsides of the pick system. Can you say, how many shirts do you have again, t-shirts? Uh, 42. 42. How often do you do laundry? Once a week. That, really? that tracks with my vision of you. I do, it, unless I cannot make it back in time to do it, I do my laundry every Sunday. That uh, I, see, That is not the kind of person that I envisioned you being before we started doing this show, but that so tracks with my vision of you since we have started doing this show. <laughs> but that feels so often. Um, like, like well, it's not even... Part of it is that I enjoy the... I, I like the regularity of it that I know my... Like, I'm going to start every week with a all my clothes are clean. The other half of it is that I have a small washer and dryer. So even though I do my laundry every week, it's still two loads. Okay. If I let it go for two weeks, it would be four. If I let it go for three, it'd be six. I'd be sitting there all day. That has never stopped me from doing two months of laundry at once. <laughs> so uh, that actually makes sense because that means that you don't actually modify your lead time all that much because it, it, like you you still have to do two loads because it's a small thing doing it every week doesn't mean that 
uh, like the prep time of doing laundry is increased by that much because you would still have to add the, the time to grab clothes, putting it in for yet another load. Right. But when I had a full-size washer-dryer, I still tried to do it every week. I didn't always make it, but it was a little easier than doing it now. So uh, is that how, how long have you done that, uh, that, that procedure of laundry every week? Um, I don't think it was a regular thing when I was living in the dorms. I, I don't remember my laundry habits freshman year or sophomore year. But I think starting from when I had my own apartment at the beginning of pre-junior year, it was every week. Hmm. Yeah. Because uh, when, I, when I was living in, uh, in the dorms, I did it every month or so. Like, it was, it was still a regular ritual, but it was always, uh, like, end of the month, I need to do laundry. Because I had, enough, I had plenty of clothes to be able to last a full month. And it was it was still a regularity thing, but the the like just so much lead time for going, grabbing my clothing, doing laundry, which is just such a boring action for me because it's just me being alone in a laundry room. Yeah. Putting clothing in a thing. And yeah. Um So for the most part, like that's been my ritual, just trying to like minimize the amount of time I have to devote to laundry. It's a lot easier, like if Sundays aren't super busy for me usually, so throw my things in as I go to make breakfast, change them over into the dryer after You're doing I make laundry breakfast. In the morning? Yeah, man. I oh. get up, oh, get a shower. God. On my way to make breakfast, I throw things in the washer. On my way down from making breakfast, I pull the things from the washer, put them in the dryer, put the other things in the washer. When I'm done eating breakfast, I pull the things out of the dryer, throw the things that were in the washer into the dryer. And then, I don't know, 40, no, an hour and a half later, I just take everything out and fold it. Oh, see, for me, laundry is always a midnight thing. I, I realize It's a time that nobody else is, uh, is going to be around. So. I've only done it once, but it was pretty soothing. Yeah, because, uh, again, I don't want to spend time that I could be spending with other people. Understandable, um, yeah. yeah. Um, it's it's, uh, it's such my relation with books. It's, it's always also a night thing for me. Um, it's not that there is a, again, I love books. Books are great i don't have any problem uh with the idea of reading during the day but if i have the option between something that can only be done at time x and thing that can be done at any time i'm going to choose the thing that's time x makes sense and uh, yeah, other people don't seem to have the same amount of stamina that i do for just doing things constantly so i've learned spend the days with people spend the night with things that don't care what time it is I certainly, like, I will get into these grooves for cleaning, where it's like, I'm going to bed. Oh, wait, no. Three-hour cleaning party. Let's go for it. No. <laughs> I'm the, that's also happened for me. I'm so the opposite. I will... It's a show about differences, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the description. Um, Like, I'll just pick a week and be like, this Sunday, I am going to clean. And I work in laundry as part of it, but like... I make breakfast, don't get a shower, just clean the entire apartment through, and then just get a shower at the end. I could not do three hours of cleaning at the end of the night. This is very foreign to me, but also very enviable. It's, I don't even know if it's enviable, because it chews up an entire Sunday. Um, not that I'm going to be doing much else on that Sunday, but like... I mean, in, in the inevitable swing of any pendulum, you wish you were closer to the center. But, you know, considering how little I clean... <laughs> <laughs>
Both me and Marissa wish I were more like you. <laughs> but but to touch on the not doing anything else on Sunday. Like I do so many things on Sundays because that's the time when I'm like, oh great, all these things I had to have accomplished by Monday, I need to do now. I guess that's fair. I do a lot of uh bookkeeping, let's say, work yeah. on Sundays. Um oh and God, I'm so glad I'm going into a uh, into an industry that's just service based, so I won't have to worry as much about things I had to do uh, by Monday. Um, which is to say, less than somebody that would have a lot of work they take home, but not zero, because there's still all of the like studying I have to do to keep up with boards and all of the paperwork I'll probably have to do on patients I didn't get finished already. Uh, but you know, less so than a person that might be, say, an actuary who all the time has has a whole bunch of work that gets piled up and would likely use part of their weekend to go through it. So, so last topic, Arvind, uh, it is July 24th. You are leaving in three Wednesdays. That sounds to go correct. to Granada, Grenada, Granada. I think it's Grenada. Let's go with Grenada. All right. Grenada. Uh, so not this Wednesday, not next Wednesday, the one after that. Yes. So three Wednesdays. Any thoughts? Any anything? This will. Oh, uh, we were talking about this the other day. Yeah. Um, it's weird, kind of uh, the future soon kind of things. That's not. That doesn't make sense. It's weird, like the kind of things that you're aware of happening, which will be after you leave. It, it's it's less about the things that uh, are going to be occurring while I'm there, and more so the like events that uh, that are going to occur in an immediate area for which I won't be present. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for instance, uh, like, like Tony's birthday or, uh, or like friend groups plan to go to the beach. I um, felt, I didn't know if I felt worse inviting you knowing you couldn't come or not inviting you at all. So, so here's, the, here's the thing, right? So like, even, even if you folks are at the beach, I can in, in like, I want to be there in spirit sense, go hang out at a beach because it's the same ocean. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I, I like that you did invite me there's. Even if, like, because I keep, uh, occasionally, like, we'll invite, like, Joe Moyo or, uh, or Murphy. I invited Joe for the same reason. <laughs> yeah, it's because, oh, okay, but Joe, only because I never know if he's actually around. There's a possibility he is, just on the off chance. I think, I, I always think he responds, like, oh, I'm going to this as a joke, and then <laughs> yeah. there he is. <laughs> uh, our, our friend Joe lives on the West Coast. Yes. Uh. Yeah, and I mean, in the worst, like, you send me, like, an invitation to a thing you think I won't be able to make, but it's not like I'm going to feel bad that I can't make it. Like, I have, if I feel like, I was like, I've got a good reason I can't make this. Sorry. <laughs> um, like, the, I, I feel FOMO for things where it's like, oh, man, I, I wish I had been able to make that, but instead I did this, I did poor planning. Like, it's my fault I can't make that. Um, I yes, I suppose technically the fact that I'm out of the country is my fault. Eh, I don't know if that's poor planning though. What? It is my fault. Yeah. <laughs> it's a choice I've made. That's, that's it's your responsibility. Right? Um, this uh, is an effect due to a uh, a cause that I initiated. Okay. Right. Fair. Um, okay. Okay. This, we is, can a, leave this the... is a grudge I have against you because I think I know exactly what you're going to say. But go for it. Right. Um. Okay. But if I'm wrong, I have nothing right, to say. So uh, yes, this is the uh. I, but I, I, it's a choice I'm making. Um, at some point, like I, I was always aware that I would have to make the selfish choice of no. Instead of doing things with other people, I'm going to have to do the the things that allow me to be a doctor. Like no matter what, med school was always going to ch- cut out large chunks of my time. Is um, yeah. 
I just don't get how you're defining the selfish choice as being like, I'm going to go invest more of my time so as to do a profession where I literally help people all day. <laughs> like, I'm so fucking greedy. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it almost does feel greedy to me that I'm devoting this, like, like two full years out of the country I've been for a long while, and then years past that uh, for something that I enjoy uh, rather than continuing. Like, like I could probably choose some other profession sure be sufficiently proficient make enough money and like continue life as it is i could probably have settled into a status quo that was easy um but i wouldn't well, have but that this... have been like <laughs> we don't talk about work here <laughs> we just don't air those episodes <laughs> but like the thing is that i wouldn't have felt fulfilled i guess right so it's it's a personal thing right like, <laughs> Uh, so it is, it's definitely greedy and it's definitely something that I have the privilege of being able to do because I don't have to devote a whole bunch of time, uh, creating capital for the pure fact of being able to, uh, be jobless for a chunk of time. Uh, so yeah, I think it's definitely greedy. I'm, I, I get to rely upon my parents for a bit, go to med school and then continue on with a path that i've wanted to do i mean i i guess i guess it's not that you're wrong in any fa in, in any way that yeah i'm i'm going and, and devoting my life to a job i'm doing uh for the sake of helping people but and that is that is always the the response i give when people bring up like oh yeah you're gonna make a lot of money as a doctor i'm like well yes i suppose that is but that's not the primary reason i'm going sure into this. sure side effect <laughs> yeah it's it's a fun it's a fun part of it um, but also it's very much the, the worst kind of way to try to make that amount of money. Like, <laughs> like going into the medical profession, if you went, it was like, oh, I want to make X amount of money is the worst way. If you just chose to be in like, I don't know, like you want to be like a plumber that worked a ton of hours, you'd also make a lot of money. Uh, or if you went into business, you would also make a bunch of money. Um, you choosing to devote eight full years of your life to just post uh post like elementary uh schooling which is the amount that has to be paid for with not taxes that you had already paid for is insane and then past that you have to devote on-job training plus additional tests you're taking on a regular basis plus people that will hate you because you're telling them things and you know they're not going to follow your advice and it's just going to be also people telling you hey you make too much money no i don't make too much money i work for like 40 hours a week plus the 80 hours a week I have to spend on all of this random crap because people keep calling me and I have to do paperwork and it's really shitty. Yes, I make a large amount of money, but it's not unnecessary. Uh, also excluding some people do make more money than they really do need to. Not saying that uh, medical prices are low. They are obscene. But that's not just because doctors make a lot of money. That's because there's a lot of really shitty things in medical things and that there needs to be reform because part of that is insurance companies because insurance companies also suck. Also, hospitals are terrible because they're business but also the best way to provide services to a large population of people i mean but man there's a lot of, there's a there's a whole lot there especially in the part where you started talking real fast yeah <laughs> sorry but, uh but no no, no. It's, it's clear that this is like i mean it it is clear and it has been clear that this is a thing you care a lot about which is again why it's so like look at how fast you were talking how emotional you got yeah and then say that this is a, a greedy thing and not a thing that like not to get like too super marxist <laughs> but but like 
you know, uh, uh, from each according to his ability. Like, this is a thing from each according to their ability. This is a thing that, like, yeah, you are able to do for the good of society or others that on top of all that, like, not only is it a thing you could do, it's a thing you want to do that yeah. is a net good. I, I think that um, uh, if if I were to give you a... A consequentialist grade? No, 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 no. Uh, not consequentialist. Uh, I was just going to say, if I were to, in the kind of boring way that you would for a television or, like, fictional character, if I were to describe your weakness in, like, a line, it is, like, dedication to a fault. <laughs> where, like, you're, you're, I, I think that the dedication to where you're saying it's greedy to leave us here, um, I think that that is... I I think that that's leading you to feel, or at least you you said as much that it it feels greedy to you. Would you come back for? This has not been clear to me at all. Yeah. So uh, there are there are some breaks I'm gonna be back. I was for. gonna say, are you gonna be back around Christmas or summer? Question um, mark. Yes, I will be around uh, a background around like uh, Christmas and summer, but. Okay. Um, it, those aren't long periods of time in no, between the terms. Um, but I, I'll make them longer. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll I'll make time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's so it's not that I'm never back in those periods, but it's it's for just these short stretches. Uh, and a lot of times, uh, like important events don't coincide with those. So it, it it'll feel like really crappy in the future if I have to pick. Do I care enough about person X? to try as hard as I have to to book a flight back up here to be for their thing. Um, like, there's there's a decent chance I will have to miss out on a couple of people's weddings um, that they might invite me to, and I'll be like, well, I would really love to be able to be there, but unfortunately, I have to put med school first. So it's so the trick is to put you in the wedding party, and then you have, and then you have a stronger obligation. Ian... Or to marry you. That's <laughs> <laughs> the other trick that would get you. Yes, I just have to. I have to get into a long-distance relationship with somebody, where I'm uh, physically and emotionally distant. <laughs> well, the emotionally distance is probably just an artifact of me being me. Oh. oh. <laughs> that's that such a genuine sadness. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, I'm going to close out unless you guys have any other thoughts. A- any other thoughts before your trip or anything? Uh, I mean, trip. no. <laughs> trip. Trip. <It's- laughs> air quotes, yeah. Uh, I mean, excellent air quoting going on. Yeah, that was wonderful. Uh, I mean, I-, I guess lots of thoughts, but uh, I-, I guess more so the, like, summing up uh, summing up thought on the way I feel uh, is is mostly you know there's there's just so 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 much Goram uh, apprehension about how things are gonna go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- there is excitement and there's there's some like mild worries about how I'll how I'll do. But I I think mostly it's gonna go fine. Uh, the the most so. important thing is like I, it's a good med school. Luckily, I'm I'm going to a good med school, um, and it'll be tougher when I get out 
So I do have to weigh that in about my future worries. But, uh, you know, it's just, hey, look, I'm, I'm doing this thing and I can do it. And it's kind of in line with my, my general philosophy of uh, the way I conduct myself of, hey, that was hard. I want to do that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't take a, a, a simple major for for college. I instead chose to go into biomedical engineering. I didn't stay with the concentration of biomedical engineering that would have uh, had a large overlap with pre med. Instead, I chose in the middle after I'd already taken a bunch of tissue engineering classes. Go no, you know what I'm more interested in neuroengineering. Let me go switch into that concentration. Had to take a bunch of classes. Caused a couple of people to think that I just dropped out of Drexel apparently because they just missed that thing where I was like, you know, I'm going to switch into a different concentration. And they thought that was a joke because I was like, I don't think this information is interesting. <laughs> Fun fact, nope, I just I just went and did that on a whim. Um, had to read to, I just like had to do classes other people had already been doing. So I was like, some classes were from like people a couple years behind me. It was weird. Eh, but you know, I thought that was worth it because it was tough, but it's the thing I wanted to do. Years and years of tough. I'm going to do that one thing. So nah, there's probably worse strategies. There's got to be one. There... <laughs> yes, I'm sure there's at least one worse strategy, which is uh, which is I guess just not doing anything. Oh. Slam, boom. Uh, take that, listener at home. <laughs> if 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 any of you are uh, are just utterly just apathetic me. and choose to do zero things at all, that's probably the worst the worst way to try to get things done, since. Lack of attempt is generally not going to work unless you're the luckiest person on the planet. But the one person that works for just way to go, like good, good, uh, good life there. <laughs> Slash, I guess maybe more than one person, because I suppose that uh, just an abundance of resources might make almost zero effort work just automatically. That's another big topic right there. Hmm. 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 We already have seventeen seven seventy six on the table for next time. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll finish that for now. Na- that's that's my homework and listener at home. Uh, that's your homework. Next week we are going to talk about seventeen seventy seventy six, <laughs> which I'm not gonna tell you more than that. Uh, Google one seven 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 six, and uh, it's a story about football. Football. Uh, have a one, then think of that devil number of six six six. Add one to each one of those digits, except for, for the last, last one, one, which you added on because you got the devil's number wrong. What did I say? Well, no, no, no. I'm saying the listener. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you for some reason put four four numbers for the devil's number. So so remember one 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 uh eleven eleven. You know that time that you wish on the clock, and then remember and then six, add six, another six, one <laughs> six, which is the devil's ellipsis. <laughs> And then uh, kind of just shift them, <laughs> just shift them off by one, and then add. <laughs> there we go. We figured out this weird, terrible way to remember the number. <laughs> so six seven 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 one. That is everyone's <laughs> homework for next week. Yes. Um, we'll cut that to the end of the show. So if you don't read it, uh, then read it, watch it, whatever media this is. Consume. Consume this media. Um, yes. It'll it'll be <laughs> off at the back. Uh, but yeah, this has been Friend Diagram, a show about differences. Uh, again, we're at frienddiagram.com. If you have feedback, if you are still listening, uh, we are frienddiagram at gmail.com. Uh, thanks, special friend Arvin, for coming and hanging out. Thanks, thanks Arvin. for having me over. Yeah. 
This uh, I'm glad that uh, we're still gonna hang out at least one time between now and uh, you leaving, because this would be kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, this would have been a a, a poor way to just uh, end my my tenure in in the U.S. for the for the next couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just oh yeah yeah I'm gonna do this little podcast and just jot right off. Whoa, little we have listenership <laughs> viewing in the ones. <laughs> Ian will listen to this tens of times. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, listeners. I didn't mean to uh, to disparage your uh, your patronage of this this wonderful wonderful podcast. Uh, Rob, <laughs> podcast. Rob, you got you got anything? Podcast would be a fun way to just uh, board games that probably exists. I don't got anything for this time. We'll have things for next time. Cool. Uh, whatever our sign off is, that thing. Night. <laughs> Hashtag outro. Hey, future Ian here. Uh, just popping in real quick to say thanks to Slow Club from Moshi Moshi Records for their song, Our Most Brilliant Friends, which you heard as our intro this and every future fake week. Also, thank you to our spe- uh, future special friend, Danny, for all the little bleeps and bloops you heard uh, as transitions. All right. Uh, good luck this week. Remember to vote. Bye.